If 2019 could be summed up in a single phrase, it might be the year the conspiracy theories became mainstream. With the very public arrest of WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange and the still unexplained burning of the world's most well-known cathedral in Notre Dame, things came to a head when convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, billionaire of murky origin and operator of a private island known for shuttling public figures to it on the Lolita Express, was allegedly found dead in a cell of an apparent suicide. In a rare coming together of the left and right, the slogan, Epstein didn't kill himself, began appearing on the bottom of coffee cups in the public spaces, demonstrating a new form of samizdat in America, more reminiscent of Soviet Russia in the intrigues of living under a totalitarian regime than the supposed land of the free and the home of the brave. Tonight we are joined by esteemed guests Borzoi and Titus to reminisce about an incredibly surreal year and make predictions about the outlook of the empire in the coming one. Well, I'm not a crook. I've burned everything I've got. A military industrial complex. We are here to destroy the control over the industry of other people. I did not trade arms for hostage. It's been time to hear Live from Taco Bell, it's myth of the 20th century, with a fully fully stacked uh, crew and then some. We've got two very special guests. I hope you didn't get enough of uh, Borsley last time, because he's back. Welcome. Hey, I'm, hello, hello. I'm, also, I'm, I'm, I'm currently uh, manning the, the meat machine at Nick's racist Taco Bell right now. <laughs> also joining us is Titus. Titus, hello. say hi. Hello, gentlemen. Glad to be back. Hello. Happy uh, Happy Christmas. Happy end of this god-awful year. Merry Christmas to everyone. We've got a full complement of hosts here, uh, Nick, Adam, Hans, and uh, myself, Hank. And uh, the man with the lowest time preference alive, Adam Smith, has compiled a list of news stories uh, throughout the year of 2019 that uh, we will be providing uh, edifying commentary on to close out this year and give you something comfy or maybe not so comfy in your your Christmas morning to play in that uh, that kind of post-ham afternoon. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing. You put on your racist podcast, you you let the year kind of drift off. So, uh, Adam, do you, do you want to get us started? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, thanks for the intro. And uh, this is the, the kind of format we did last year where we go month by month. So let's start off with January uh, 2019. Uh, right off the top of my, my list, I've got uh, Amazon's uh, CEO, Jeff Bezos, gets a divorce. Uh, Chateau Hartis, before he got kicked off the internet, uh, hilariously called it the $70 billion blowjob with his mistress. Uh, so why don't we talk about the richest man in the world and what's happening with his family? I believe this is the origin story of his supervillain status. This is how we're all going to basically become, you know, like all become the, the bug eaters under the Bezos empire, his revenge against us for making fun of him. 
Well, I just want to congratulate the first ever woman billionaire. Uh, I think it's great. <laughs> so. I think hey, Kylie, Jenner, Susan, Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner. Susan Dobbs beat you there. She's she uh, the, the richest woman alive in terms of total market capital or something like that due to this divorce. Right. And we're talking Titus, about you know, this, you know what this proves? Women are the true traditionalists. It's true. Very true. Oh, goodness. So Amazon continues to uh, conquer all, but apparently the uh, personal lives of these captains of industry is not that dissimilar from the little people, it would seem. Uh, we all have our vices, and this is this is a very expensive one. It would, it would you, obviously you, see. It's, it's kind of uh, – I'm kind of disappointed that Jeff Bezos, you know, lost his wife to a, for a blowjob. You know, someone who, uh, who who's had a picture of him – uh, eating an iguana, like I was, ex- I was expecting something a little bit more dramatic uh, slash satanic coming from our overlords. To be perfectly honest, I'm unimpressed. I'm not impressed. Yeah. I actually had an iguana once. I had his neighbor who was a he was a like a, a meth head, and he showed up at my door one day with this iguana, and he was like, "I have to go to prison uh, for beating my girlfriend. Will you watch this iguana?" <laughs> And I, I, I said yes. And, and wise decision. Like, he of yeah. course never came. No, no, he never came back. And uh, well, he's in jail. It's kind of where hard, I live. And where I live then. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's probably yeah. I'm wondering why he never this came back. This was a while ago, but yeah, he, uh, we had to. Uh, it, it died uh, sort of a miserable death too. Oh. God. It was a terrifying creature, man. It would just like try to crawl on the walls, and like uh, I fucking hated it. I mean, I felt bad for it, but it was, it was reptiles, man. I, I don't get it. Well, speaking of reptiles, you know who's not going to get ever get a divorce is going to be Zuckerberg because being that he's a space, you know, some kind of space lizard that has transcended sex through some kind of transdimensional reproduction. I mean, he was wise to pick a four out of ten agent that's never going to leave him. Priscilla. Assets are judgment proof. Everything's locked up in that fake foundation. He's got the best uh, legal minds of our generation working furiously on the case, making sure that nobody has access to that money ever. <laughs> All right, I got a few more stories. Didn't, didn't Zuckerberg give her like a a ruby as opposed to you know a diamond? Yeah, I think you might be he, right. He, okay, yeah. most most cringe uh, Mark Zuckerberg fact, uh, and then we'll then we'll continue. He asked Xi Jinping to name his child and she turned him down wow oh that's a pretty power move. Well, nice. I, I can tell you as a fellow chinese i'm about to say total power move as a, as a fellow chinaman i have like i have scoured all the chinese characters and there's no chinese character that can truly express the word abomination in this situation it's just it's not translatable grandparent cry <laughs> yeah, broken branch. <laughs> I think he's back on Twitter, right? Yeah. yeah, he's back. Cool. He's great. Uh, he is unironically my favorite Chinese person who wears graduation caps year round. All right. So um, let me let me go through some of these kind of quick, and then you guys pick out what you think is most worthy of discussion. Uh, still January, by the way. Yeah, we're, we're still doing January. Um, I got a few more. So this is when the Gillette ad came out oh, about yeah. i don't even remember the details at this point but it was like you know being a man is bad but 
the best a man can get. Go shave your tranny. Yeah. Shave your tranny growths. Yeah. Sh- uh, shave your grundle and be a better man was basically the gist of it, I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, number two or three, however you're counting, uh, James Watson was stripped of his Nobel Prize because he kept talking about the correlation between race and IQ. And he's been talking about this for a long time, but I don't know why they decided to do it this year. So that was um, that was unfortunate in my can't can, cancel cancel culture more than anything, just because like that's that's been the the this year has been the rise of cancel culture. So he was kind of like a a poor. I, I don't even to think they stripped. Uh, I I don't think they even I don't think they ever stripped Newt Hampson of his uh, Nobel Prize. No, no, he kept his, but that was a different different yeah. era. You know, and just to to clarify, if anybody isn't familiar with who James Watson is, he is the co-discoverer, along with uh, Frick, of the double helix of DNA. DNA, and of all people to be qualified to comment on <laughs> genetics, you'd think it would be him, but they took it away anyway. Um, all right, what else happened? Uh, Infowars must turn over internal documents to Sandy Hook families. Judge rules. This is in the New York Times. So Alex Jones is under fire. Um, there was another article from Chris Christie talking about how Jared Kushner tried to stop me from running the Trump transition team. Uh, so he's coming out with kind of a tell all, uh, FBI speaking of people on the, uh, attempt to get Trump elected FBI arrested Roger Stone, who is now convicted by the way, that happened uh, later on this year. And I have not heard much about what's happening to him, but I think it's really sad what they're what they're trying to do to this guy he's basically just uh he's a guy with an opinion i don't really know what laws he's honestly broken he's, i mean he's a hack and a scumbag but like i don't know i i, I the only thing that i i remember the fact that like you know i guess well i guess the question i would i would have you know you guys answer is what's the over under on him getting pardoned by uh by his boy trump whether or not just Trump just doesn't care about anyone but That's himself. Yeah, day, day after election day, and yeah. he's got two brain yeah. cells. I mean, this is cannot. This is the one thing that Trump has screwed up so many times. Like loyalty runs both ways. Yeah, and if you don't go out of your way to protect your people, then they're not going to go out of their way when it's quite plausible that just by the virtue of the fact that they're working for you, they face felony charges and some. Uh, made-up charge, which is essentially what happened to Roger Stone. Like, he's he's a dirty guy, but they didn't get him on anything that he actually did. They got him on this, like, a very elaborate uh, interpretation yeah. of uh, some stuff that he said to Congress about what he knew at what times and in a manner that absolutely nobody cares about. Basically, he got tripped up in a confession, uh, or rather, uh, tripped up in an interrogation, and that's basically what they got him on. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't like how he explained, in his view, what happened, and they deemed it to be perjury or something to that effect. Uh, I'm not too privy to the details, but I think that's the gist of it. Um, Well, one other thing about about this Roger Roger Stone thing is because January this year actually really set the tone for much of this year because the one thing we kind of passed over on that whole Roger Stone thing during that arrest was that CNN knew it ahead of time. And they were there to capture, like, basically him being let out. Like, there was, like, we saw, we were beginning to see, like, this, 
like the media fully embracing the sense of like they want to see their enemies publicly humiliated on television. They start they really started with Roger Stone this year and ramping that up. Yeah, and to Trump's credit, he actually asked the very maybe obvious but at least observant question uh, question as to who tipped CNN off. How did they know to be there when the FBI was raiding his home? Well, obviously, somebody told them because they don't go cruising around the neighborhood randomly for people that FBI is going to arrest unless you know they, they know it's going to happen. And so that just demonstrates a lot of the collusion that people suspect and I think now have proof of in the deep state between the media apparatus and the arms of the executive branch or not even Trump's executive branch. I don't even know what, what you want to call it, but it's basically just the, um, the, the police state and the media. Uh, speaking of Trump, uh, Rashida Tlaib, this is one of the really uh, stomach-churning women that's part of the AOC squad. Uh, she had her first day in Congress, and her quote of the day was, uh, we're going to impeach the mother effer. So now we've seen uh, that actually unfold throughout the year. I guess we can maybe talk about that more later, but this is um, perhaps one of the uh, the first signs of that sort of thing actually kicking off. I got one more thing, and then I think maybe we can move on, unless you guys have stuff. Um, just to do some economics news, the unemployment rate for January uh, in 2019 was 3.9 percent, which is actually pretty low compared to when I remember it being before the 2008-9 recession, Great Depression, if you really want to be accurate. And it was uh, it was about four something percent, if I recall correctly, back then. 2007 ish and so we're actually running even lower officially now unofficially i think uh, most of us are familiar with the concept of the shadow stats the former bureau of labor statistics people who used to work there who try to report on what they view is actually the real unemployment number which is effectively the people who don't have a job the way the bureau of labor statistics reports on it is the people who are not uh, who are looking for a job but can't find one that's the unemployed uh, so that's 3.9% of the people looking. Um, and so uh, just to, to kind of put this on a graph in your minds, uh, starting in January 2010, it was actually as high as 9.8%, according to the BLS numbers. And it's been a steady downtick uh, to where we are at. We're about at 4% now. And so typically economists, and not to say the economists are very good prognosticators of anything but they typically will say that this is when the economy is starting to heat up and typically traditionally but we haven't really had traditional monetary policy in a long time arguably but traditionally in textbooks at least and probably prior to maybe the greenspan era uh, you would have the federal reserve tightening interest rates at a time like this and i think uh, trump has actually pushed for his um forget his name it starts with the p i believe but the the fed chairman to keep interest rates low which is very common for setting presidents because interest rates go up and typically the economy slows down president gets blamed for it and he has a harder time staying in office so that's uh economic backdrop stuff any comments or are we ready for february well let's blast through i have one yeah. one story for uh for january uh Earlier this year, the Gillette was oh, yeah. strong in, in France, although it seems to have died out. Um, and one of the primary leaders of the movement, Jerome Rodrigues, was uh, shot in the eye with a rubber bullet. And uh, a lot of the people on the scene claimed he was specifically targeted by uh, 
the police forces on the scene. They seem to have picked him out of the crowd and uh, pelted him multiple times until they achieved a uh, literal headshot and then quickly dispersed the scene. So things still not really looking up in France. Yeah, if you guys have any read on how active that uh, Yellow Vest movement is still, I mean, in terms of just number of people participating at least in the streets, I don't. I don't it's know. The, the media dead. coverage. I know has someone been pretty... in. I know someone in France, and I asked him around summertime what he thought of it, and he said it was effectively dead midway through the year. And they so. got. They had drawn another a number of concessions anyway. So for right. uh, for some people, like just to get that it's <clears> enough for them, uh, because like it, that's like this is the problem with, with this kind of stuff with the, with these kind of little uprisings and rebellions because the, the extent of that is what really took people off guard, especially the, you know the the French uh, bureaucratic class. Uh, you know, Paris is they're used to rioting in Paris. It was the, the the fact that that went on for so long and didn't seem to have any that it was ever going to let up and on the reverse of that like you, they, it's like well where do we go from here it's like are we actually going to try and topple the government here like i don't no one had their heart in that so for a lot of people it's enough well, to get concessions well it's important to remember you know neoliberalism is like a like a velvet condom on an iron dildo yeah oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> is that what the police are carrying when they're hitting you <laughs> This Quite this visual. only furthers the theory theory that Nick Mason's really just a rogue CIA a CIA CIA AI that basically found some white nationalist PDFs and has gone rogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he did a word cloud, and that's what came. Out. <laughs> that's funny. All right, guys, uh, February ready. Yeah. Okay. I don't have a lot of news items uh, for whatever reason. I might have just been busy and I wasn't paying attention to everything, but hopefully we'll we'll get some uh, good February content here. Uh, Nick Fuentes uh, was kicked out of CPAC, oh, and he's yeah. been having kind of a renaissance of late. So maybe we could talk about him. Endorse. Yeah, yeah. I, I do too. I stand with the Groypers. It's uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I I'm kind of I. I I don't know. Well, I guess I'll, I'll say this. I do find it funny that like, you know, uh, like the alt right for whatever it was, was more or less. I mean, it was a, a mix between ages, but it certainly was a, a Gen X led thing. And then the the Zoomers, you know, have this groiper stuff. And I, I do find it uh, very in, in, in character for we millennials to not have a far right movement of our own. But uh I don't know. It's it's God bless, you know. Yeah, I think yeah, well, the, I, I actually want to speak a little bit to that right there, because you bring up an interesting point, Titus, because you and I we you and I have, have discussed the number. I'm not going to say what, what they are in the show, but you and I have discussed our similarities uh, and many things that kind of like led us to our way of thinking. Mm. Uh, a lot of that being, the, you know, the circumstance, those circumstances. And one thing that has all that has really kind of think driven that for like the like kind of like our the millennial um a little bit wariness about about it because uh the millennials weren't really the leaders of any of a lot of that alt-right stuff it was um like you said it was like it would tend to be skewed more towards gen x is like we've seen like in our like if you've been politically active you've seen like basically anything you got involved in implode or be destroyed in your in your you and i uh were are old enough to have seen the iraq war protests and what happened yeah 
happened to those. I mean, I, I'll I'll just come out and say like I was I was an, an Iraq War protester. I saw what happened to that. I've seen what happened. That's why my I've always had this wariness about any kind of like the uh, any kind of activist movement because I know exactly what happens when uh when the, when these things start up and why when since if we're putting you know saying our thoughts on Fuentes, I've said some critical things. I've also said like good luck. I you know like I it's everything's. Something's got to give at some point, so and I don't fault anybody for trying, especially if their heart's in the right place. But it's like you got to be, everyone's got to be mindful of what these people are going to do to you once they have their light on you, because the full force of of the uh, state is a uh, is a fearsome thing. Well, Look, I I actually I think it's 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 good. It's it's actually in a lot of ways it 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 has like sort of already doing a better job than the alt right, and the fact that like it's a very they're very technical in who in who they're targeting and what they're targeting. Like one of like the main sort of issues with like the alt right, and I don't know if there there was ever you know like a, a proper like post mortem of that movement because like there are still people on Twitter that you know, granted there are fewer and fewer by the day, but there are people who you know still think that the that movement still exists, which it doesn't. Um, but there was never a real motive, or there's never a real target for anything other than, you know, sort of online trolling, nothing in real life, at least. Um, the fact that they're, you know, targeting, you know, uh, TPUSA and, and all that stuff, I, I think it's, it's, it's smart. It's, um, entertaining. And, uh, if they, if they keep up like that, if they keep on doing like surgical strikes like that, you know, I, I, I don't think, you know, let's not kid ourselves. It's not going to be a revolution or anything like that, but at least, they are affecting the culture in a positive way. They, they have. They, I think they've exposed the corruption behind that yeah. organization and namely the, the people in particular like Charlie Kirk and uh, Eye Patch Man, forgetting his name, uh, Dan Crenshaw. That's it. Is that, uh, is, no, no, the Zioclops. Right. <laughs> yeah, there was a debate about what to call him. But um, that guy, that guy. And I have more stuff on him, uh, I think, later. Yeah, I, I heard, I, heard some, I heard some Taco Bell noises, though, because I, I, want, I want to hear the Nick Mason perspective on this. I don't know oh, I, 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 I don't know much about that kid. I mean, I'm, you know, I'd wish him luck. I don't, I don't have anything really negative to say, but I also am pretty. I think Nick just cut out. Well, well, he wanted he to, he went up to the Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one another. Wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me as soon as we talk about this Hispanic kid, Nick gets kicked out of Taco Bell. <laughs> I don't know. He's a quarter Mexican for uh, specific numbers on that. Not that I really care, but um, yeah. Thank you for the HBD stats. Yeah. I mean, does anyone really care about any? Like, that's like kind of like 2019 has been, been kind of an interesting year of like this kind of realignment of expectations that people have. Does anyone even really care at this point, other than like trying to do like these tactical strikes or trying to like hurt as many of these uh, establishment types on a like on a personality and reputation level as much as possible? Well, it's it's been a breath of fresh air because it's been like fun and entertaining, and like you actually get to like laugh when you see what's going on in the TL. Like I we haven't experienced that like since 2016. You yeah. know, like it's been like it really it really. I don't know. It's, it's you know, there's a there's been a better energy this year that's been refreshing. I got to say, yeah, for sure. All right, so I got uh, I got another story, 
couple of these are quickies, so let's do two. Um, so Pompeo, I don't know what his position is now. He was CIA director, Secretary of State, I think, at one point. So who knows what he is now? Uh, doesn't matter. Um, Pompeo claims Hezbollah active in Venezuela to justify possible <laughs> U.S. intervention. <laughs> it's like they're literally, they're literally like riffing on the writer's room of Jack Ryan. It's like they, they mixed it's up the, same the folders. Plot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and uh, you know, we're going to send in some, <laughs> some real bad dudes in there, and they're going to take care in. of the situation. We're going to send Office Jim. Make yeah, a, exactly. A quirky face. <laughs> I'm told we're, we're searching for Pam in Venezuela. I'm not, uh, I believe that's some sort of an ore or mineral. Pam, easily. <laughs> it's like now, an acronym for an for like a nuclear device or something like that. That would have been hilarious if it was just called Pam in the second season of Jack Ryan. I wish Precision they would have Precision aerial season. machine. Uh, yeah. Precision aerial missile. We got it. Better. <laughs> the, the, the Venezuelans are developing a brand new missile system that can hit strike the United States at any point at any point they so desire. And it's a white woman. <laughs> so it turns out of all the major fast food chains, Taco Bell Wi-Fi is actually the shittiest. <laughs> it's like their food. Yeah. A pizza Hut nearby. Yeah, who would have thought? They're owned by the same company. There is. I, I, you know shit, I'm driving past one right now. But, yeah. uh, it's owned by the same company. I, I'm not going to go in there because I'm not going to buy anything. Uh, I, oh. I can't wait until we get to the end of this episode where we haven't heard from Nick in a while and when he finally comes back he apologizes he got into a fight with a bum <laughs> All right. it's like break into like a Chick-fil-A not that I would uh, ever encourage you actually doing that but you know I'm sure there are Wi-Fi still on on Sunday god I wish there was a Chick-fil-A here Monday somewhere Oh, All right. Well, I don't know if you got any of my comments on any of that earlier. There's no reason to go back because we're only going no. forwards as we go backwards. No, no, I, I do have a comment to make because I, I, like this is something that's been uh, intriguing me for a while. Like, because South America has been up in flames all this year, but I think we're going to view the the failure of the Venezuela coup as a, as a bit of a turning point in the Trump administration because the uh, at least in the uh, in the South American sphere, like there's been a lot of complaints about. Basically, they're, like, we've lost so much global prestige. Like, we are increasingly, the United States is being increasingly seen as a paper tiger on the foreign policy front because of the State Department's in, uh, inability to, to flex any kind of muscle around the world. Well, right. And like, what's crazy is, so these chuckle fucks have taken over the Trump administration, essentially. There's very little of the neocon agenda that they're not allowed to pursue short of what's actually airlift a division. But everything short of that, they've basically gotten, and they still can't actually seal the deal any of these places. And I think uh, Bolivia would be the, the sole ex uh, example of that, of them actually succeeding, though. Yeah. And, well, and that's, and that, I think that a lot of that was like a saving face gesture. Like, and I also think that's probably why you saw this uh, rise of, of Buttigieg, of, uh, of our dear friend Buck Creek, and, uh, as being pushed as a serious candidate, because you're seeing in the race, like you're seeing this collapse of, of these these establishment candidates that are just not getting any kind of traction and because of the state department disaster that the trump administration has been like you're going to see a lot more of these very obvious cia spook candidates because they need the state department prestige back once they take power back it's gonna like they have like the, the trump administration has caused some internal problems and has damaged a lot of credibility and reputation that these people are not happy about 
Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. All right, so this is kind of going to be a running theme throughout the year, I think, because um, some of these names are more important than others. But uh, if you were a fan of InfoWars, there was a, a vet on there by the name of Joe Biggs. His Twitter account is at Rambo Biggs. Uh, he joins the um, – he's not the founder, but he's the guy who runs Proud Boys these days. Uh, Terrio is his last name. Uh, Terrio got kicked out of uh, Chase Bank, and now uh, Biggs uh, also lost his account. Um, so this stuff is real. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. And actually, uh, one of these months, I'm just remembering from going through my, my research, there was a, a banner ad uh, on Chase Banking's website that uh, had a message from the CEO, Jamie Dimon. And he said he, he abhors racism in all forms. So I don't know if it's coming directly from the top, but you know sort of where the... Uh, well, and apparently this was blowing. not a probe of, of nothing. Uh, there was some... I, I looked into it. It's like, I mean, that's that's pretty aggro, even for, uh, for J.P. Morgan and co. Uh, what is this in regards to... And it turns out there was some like NBA player who was refused private banking status, not not banking services, mind you, but the we send a we send a guy to fawn over you and collect four percent of your assets year after year, that kind of private banking hmm. uh, at some like branch office in Arizona. And so this this of course was a major corporate crisis, and they had to you know mobilize their their response and et cetera et cetera. It's like white women problems, except for it's uh, some ex uh, ex football or NBA or something player. Yeah, I I, I don't think this is going to be to be honest a thing that happens to a ton of people. But if you are a public figure there does seem to be a trend developing where this will happen. Uh, and it's, um, it's hard to predict, but I they think did, they're trying they to make the same examples thing. out of people. Oh yeah. They did the same thing to Martina Marcota. And I, I think that the target on her was because of her fiance, uh, Jack, uh, Jack Buckby because of his association with the proud boys. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So the, uh, the struggle continues in whatever form you can make it happen. If you're going to be a public figure, take a lot of risks so uh props what's, to anybody who's got the guts to do that what's that what's that game that online game that's got based its own like digital economy like is it the eve online we're eventually going to have to resort to basically doing getting all of our donations through eve online <laughs> i don't even know if that's possible it's, i mean i think crypto it's funny is you mention that go. because uh if you if you follow that area of uh literature uh there's uh there's been a lot more scrutiny of uh, the use of things like microtransactions and the uh, uh, in-app purchases, uh, low-volume Kindle books, etc., to facilitate uh, "quote-unquote" money laundering. So, don't uh, <laughs> don't don't count on that. <laughs> well, well, like I guess the, I guess the future is just going to be in order for us to you know to take donations, get payments, and like. Just, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to write anonymous ebooks, and then when you buy it, it's just the word "come" written over and over and over again in order to get the donations. Yeah, we to spoil my up my forthcoming novel, boards. The way thanks. I did learn this year there's a podcast called Come Town, uh, which oh, yeah. I, I oh, do yeah, not yeah, avow right. or disavow. I just I find it to be a very uh, intriguing, let's put it that way, choice of podcast title. Nick 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 Mullen's pretty funny. Yeah, there's actually uh, there was like some 200 IQ white nationalist 
guy who was saying that they should start posting like Hitler montages on Pornhub because they kept getting banned off of YouTube <laughs> or something like that. Like that Pornhub doesn't really have a policy of deleting videos for for content. For now. Didn't people put some snuff on there? Like, uh, you know, some jihadi type snuff? I don't know. Possibly, I don't know. Hopefully. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be hilarious if it turned out that, because like, Pornhub's been getting dealing with some deplatforming issues themselves. Wouldn't it be hilarious if the real reason why it was because white nationalists were posting content on there? <laughs> I don't know if God, we got any business going there, to be honest. <laughs> maybe Yeah, I mean, like, I, don't, I don't recommend we ever post our content on Pornhub. That's, that's like saying, like, we need to, like, for whatever reason, like, we need to go host our content in Israel right now because of some <laughs> esoteric Israeli law. Right. Tales from the Trough would could belong on Pornhub. I actually, ha- I might have to uh, seriously consider that as an option. The, to grow my audience. The, the comments would be full would be full of coomers asking Pornhub to please delete this. <laughs> what's your <laughs> What's your porn category for me? Yes. What, what's your guys's porn category? Well, oh, uh, <laughs> well, scat. Racism. It's racism. <laughs> Just says race. Well, I have a story. For for uh for February, in line with this current uh, tangent, uh, Trump administration betrays America first with gay decriminalization plan. Oh, is this the Botswana thing? I couldn't remember when this happened. Well, the Trump administration uh, wants to pressure every country in the world to legalize homosexuality. Yeah, I, re- I remember. I do remember this now. Yeah, this is this is before this was before Botswana. Yeah, basically, I remember when when the. Uh, because I remember I, I posted that uh, that gay NATO flag again that we used for piss earth when this uh, when this story came out. I was like, right. guys, it's called like global homo is real. It's like this is like this isn't a meme. Like this is this this is what we're about. What our gay empire is about. It's the homo imperium. Well, the way I read it is, I think they're just used as a tool. I'll be honest. I, I don't think it is some massive agenda obviously there's a little bit on the margin where it sort of decreases the fertility of the nation and that's part of the agenda but i think what it really is is they want to suppress people and this is a very shocking thing for most cultures whereby you're going to promote homosexuality and it's it's not just about the buggery itself no no let let, let me finish the point uh it's a pretext to attack country that they don't like and they use this against russia if you ever watched house of cards they actually made this a big part of the uh the storyline whereby the uh first lady would go over to this country and start pushing for the homosexual agenda over there and they were trying to paint uh, obviously putin in a negative light with that sort of thing i think it's just part of the propaganda machine yeah it's a it's just and and also like homosexuals are like hyper consumers so it's a way to to promote capital as well because if you're not having children you're buying things and that's what homosexuals like to do so yeah it's just a war against all traditional institutions that exist anywhere in the world and it's it's not that their hope is to make everyone into a queer it's just that when you get people to accept that then you get them to abandon other values that might take precedent over the value of money yeah. Well, and all, all the and all of these takes are are correct. And and to add to that, it's the the homosexuals and transsexuals tend to be very adamant, uh, basically war they uh, advocates on 
behalf of this ideology because of their because narcissism is comorbid with all their mental illnesses and also like just as a thank you for the you know they're opening up the world to them like i ended up coining a term this year to describe this phenomenon like uh, these are tranissaries like they, they are inculcated in this ideology that's very favorable towards them and so they're more than happy to fight on behalf of it and it does it has all the same effect it has all the effects all of you guys have cited as to why they're doing this it all it basically all works together in a very terrifying way to be honest Speaking of homosexuals, it was uh, also it also effectively co-opted any any real left that existed because you you took you know by making this the 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 main issue any any leftists that were more skeptical of capitalism will will side with this instead. Yeah, I was going to mention this is when uh, Jesse Jesse Smollett Smollett. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, that came was, out. is that is he the one who got he he got lynched uh, in the streets, right? And he yeah, by like, his buddies who he paid. To this do is my no, country. No, 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 no. He was he was a black man who literally got lynched on the cold streets at a thirty uh, under thirty degrees in Chicago in the middle of January. This happened, you guys. And Wait, they were wearing th- MAGA hats. That happened this year. It was either the end of last year or it was the very beginning of this year. Like it was, it, it, it was, it might have been like in that little cusp period. It might not have made it on to. Uh, yeah. It, it was I'm trying to remember exactly when it happened, but that was like, that was a January because like the uh, the controversy around it was in January. I yeah, do remember the, that. I think the reason I'm reporting on it is just because the uh, the trial uh, ah. that he had to go through was being reported on, and this is actually David Clark, uh, the Milwaukee sheriff with the hat. Uh, he 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 hates the guy. I mean, so to his credit, he's. He's giving him a hard time on Twitter. So that's when it just popped into my radar. But yeah, so eventually the, 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 the whole thing happened. Dismissed. Yeah, the whole thing happened uh, on January 29th of this year. Okay. And then on February 20th, he was charged with uh, a felony for filing a false police report. And then uh, March 26th, all the charges were dropped. Yeah. And the public court file was sealed. Yep. I'll, yeah. I'll, do, I'll do you one more. George Soros allegedly donated four hundred and eight thousand dollars uh to the prosecutor in that case and so you can view that as maybe a bribe i don't know what you what else you'd want to call it but uh i'm well, sure that's his part of a larger was... campaign um there's been a, a huge emphasis uh by i i think soros is more of a brand i have no idea really i haven't looked into it who's actually controlling that source of funds but it's obviously not him personally every case for his age but yeah. they've been investing heavily in things like local prosecutors races uh local district attorneys uh things of that nature which honestly is smart because that's they tend to be very low dollar races and it's literally on a personal basis they have the most purely personal power of any government official anywhere. I mean, it's, they can essentially yeah. have you arrested on a whim uh, and you get to uh, convince a judge why you should be let out on bail after uh, they get to allege whatever the fuck they want. I mean, this is as mafia-esque as it gets. You know, when in the scene in The Godfather where the guy who wants to push uh, narcotics in the neighborhoods comes to meet uh, Don Corleone and he's asking Don Corleone because of your ability to push push the judges and the, the police department uh we want to partner with you i mean th- this is the tough the stuff they tell us is is bad in movies but it happens in real life wasn't nothing... that when 
was it Sonny who responded to that with, uh, I quote, uh, the niggers are animals anyways, so let no. them lose their souls? No, that was during uh, the, that was the meeting. That was another fat Italian guy. That was during the meeting of the families, and I don't think it was one of the uh, Corleones. It was some other guy. The, the, the other thing about about the, sm- uh, the small thing was that, uh, I mean, because you had people who were – in an, uh, the regular people were in, actual, were in an uproar over this, and you got to see kind of like how the theater of it works. Because the uh, on March 27th, the FBI announced that they'd be investigating why the charges were dismissed, which uh, which was enough to basically keep the you know make the public happy. And of course, we've not heard anything since, and we never will. All right, last one for February. If you guys are ready to move on, um, I mentioned this before, I think, in one of our episodes, but. Blackwater, uh, Eric Prince, the guy who did Blackwater formerly in Iraq, big PMC. We've talked about him several times. Uh, he has He's now working for a company he started. I think it's called uh, Frontier Services. And their basic uh, MO is to help out any uh, company who needs to go into a very dangerous country and extract mineral resources. And so he's actually working for China now. Uh, so talking about mercenary, I mean, the guy, I don't know if he considers himself an American or what, but, uh, he's in Africa and headquartered in Hong Kong now. Well, an American is a servant of capital. So he's an American, as American as it gets. Oh man. He's a West Michigan boy. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, Stefan Molyneux did an interview with him uh, a while back and they were talking about his frontier services group and how it's helping, uh, helping mining companies and oil companies get access to markets or some, some BS like that. But, uh, yeah, that's how our world works. Very interesting. All right. I have March pulled up. Let me find, uh, let's just start with this one. Mueller finds no Trump Russia conspiracy headline, New York times. It's kind of a big, big one. That stupid thing before they cooked up the impeachment thing was all they talked about the Russia collusion story. So Mueller found no conspiracy. Yep, and the way they this is because of the way that they write history. It's gonna like all seem like that this was like one like the that this last couple of years have been one heroic battle on one particular issue that finally led up to the impeachment one that's like no, these were two completely separate things that were had nothing to do with one another, but it's the way history bleeds together. Yeah. There there was a uh, a few like good weeks though, where it was right after Mueller um testified and everyone got to see how worm-brained and like dilapidated that <laughs> right. that this this stalwart of of the American empire really is and i think like i think that broke like a lot of people's spirits at least for the, the time being until the ukrainian thing kicked off but uh yeah it was uh he certainly is a, a fossil of uh, of the empire for certain yeah it's a, it's remarkable i mean that that whole thing that that's that's one of those things that really burned me out of even following yeah. any of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just just the fact that Americans and of course the fucking federal government spent more time looking for Russians hiding under rocks than they did investigating nine eleven. It's just like fucking end this shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, Stone Toss, the uh our our latest uh, and greatest cartoonist on Twitter has been making the the case that if there was if there was an ounce of the attention put on Israel that they put on Russia, where Israel actually has hard dollar trails and lobbyists and money, you know, going to them from here, 
I mean, if you just replace that that country with Russia, uh, the media would be in a, in a frenzy, but they don't because of obviously who's in power. Um, all right, so oh, the, yep, the irony the irony of the the Ukraine thing is that like Politico in like 2015 was like writing stories. Uh, like celebrating the Ukraine, you celebrating the Ukraine government, the old uh, Ukraine government, uh, for like, yeah. Well, no, 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 not not the not Putin's puppet, but like the the before the the comedian uh, one. Oh, it was not Poroshenko. Um, okay. No, um, but like Politico was like writing stories celebrating the Ukrainian government for interfering with the American election for on the side of Hillary Clinton. Right. Like, right. and that's like it's it's such a, it, and this is you know to to mirror what Nick said about like. This this kabuki theater just burning burning you out. It it, bur- it totally burnt me out. It, it's it's such a it's such an obvious non-story. And once you realize the the fab- that it's all fabricated, like w- w- what can you do other than not pay attention? You know, it's the only thing that you can do. Right. Well, and I, and I mentioned that too because I mean, it must you must be remembered that. Mueller was the director of the FBI when the single largest mass violence on American soil occurred. He also he also uh, he he also was interviewed by Congress during the run up to the Iraq war and lied under oath saying that the FBI had intelligence that Saddam Hussein had a role in 9-11 or something like that. So if you want to analogize Mueller to somebody, the closest analog, I think, is Colin Powell, mm. where clearly a cleanup guy that's brought in to put the, you know, his immense gravitas that seems to uh, emanate purely from the fact that he is a cleanup guy and is brought in to kind of uh, sweep whatever scandal under the carpet, be like, yeah, you know, some mistakes were made, but, uh, you know, the integrity of the institution is what's important. And then move on to the next thing where he's got to sweep under the rug. If that, I mean, there's a lot of stuff where Mueller was clearly... uh, covering up crimes in progress like the uh, the whole uh, whitey bulger situation he was neck deep in that for mm. like a solid decade of his career and again the greatest crime of our lifetime yeah all right so uh let's talk about uh, alex jones briefly he was on joe rogan for i think the second time he was talking about nasa and talking both about... of those interviews are the finest interviews i've ever seen in my life i'm not joking <laughs> joe rogan is, is a pro he, he does yeah. a good job is he still yeah. is he still doing the beard alex jones yep yep he still got it yeah okay he, um, it's it's interesting to watch the evolution of the physiognomy of Alex. His, uh, I mean, it, you probably have all seen the funny picture of him in his twenties, where he's like in the gym and he's all yoked and he's working out, uh, and then he's just he's ballooned up and slimmed down, and he's playing with the facial hair now. He's gone through a divorce. He's got a new Jewish wife. Uh, fascinating guy, <laughs> if nothing else. Uh, after being banned, uh, and a, and a wonderful performance artist, genuinely the greatest living performance artist. Uh, best the best clip from that, like, look, Joe, I'm kind of retarded. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of retarded. <laughs> Speaking of, did you guys watch? The, you, you guys have all seen the Bon Iver, like the Alex Jones, like Bon Iver. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, that, that's well, really good. What, what was what was great about that interview? Because I remember I I caught it live. <laughs> it was, like, that was that was such a like an event when that was going on where everybody was like, whoa, like 
Alex Jones is on Joe Rogan. You need to check this out. And I remember like we were all tuning in. Like this is you have so few mo- cultural moments anymore. Like uh, that was I think what was what what was most fascinating about that because being in this like digitized culture now where basically everything is on demand and there's no events anymore like back you know this is before all of us i i'm assuming anyways before all of us that you know like you had the mash finale was seen by one in three people in the in the united states when that happened which i think was like what in the early 80s i don't remember when when the mash finale was like we don't have those events anymore and this was the closest where it seemed like everyone was telling you like hey you need to you need to see what's going on you need to check this out and there was such a a vitalist energy to that, like just bros, like just bros being bros. And that's what people like. People love that. Like that's why racist podcasting became a thing. I, in my opinion, in my opinion, it wasn't because people were looking really for like they want my, they hear their political ideas regurgitated back to them, or they're like trying to find the truth. Like they're looking for something like that feels just like that. Something that that everyone's missing in their lives right now. And that was what was so great about that interview. Well, the reason he was on was because he was thrown off of uh, YouTube and Twitter, just about everything uh, that we use for connecting with uh, the public at large. And it kicked off a series of very interesting subsequent interviews that Joe did with uh, Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, Mm -hmm. uh, and also Tim Pool, who grilled the shit out of this guy. And I never heard of Tim Pool before. He's kind of like a centrist leftists but not completely you know off the wall leftist guy uh who took him to task and i, I give him credit for that about the hypocrisy and they had he uh, dorsey had this really uh typical for silicon valley if, if you're not familiar but um very clearly a cleanup woman along with him to actually answer the detailed questions about their policies and terms of service with regard to banning people. And Tim just, you know, example after example demonstrated the uh, huge amount of bias in how they throw people off uh, skewed towards the right wing. So I, I was happy Yang. to see that. Yep. Sorry, Andrew Yang as well, because I can't because I remember because yes. I remember this time period very vividly. Andrew Yang came on not uh, not long after that uh, Rogan interview because like I started I started because that you were right like there was there there was just the string of just incredible interviews within the next one or two month period of time that Joe was doing and mm-hmm. I was tuning in for all of them because like he was doing really interesting content that doesn't seem to be the case now because I remember like I was listening to him do the thing with David Wallace Wells which I found interesting because of the environmentalist perspective that I've kind of uh, drifted into but like the, the Andrew Yang thing like you can actually draw a direct line from when he was on Rogan yeah. basically yeah. the little, little uh, niche uh, internet uh, phenomenon that became well he got big because of UBI and talking about the threat of automation truck drivers in particular uh, and that was what initially people sort of picked up and and ran with on Twitter in in particular. But as he sort of revealed himself uh, over the course of the past several months, uh, I have actually a a rundown of his positions uh, because I was going to mention him too because he was on Rogan. Um, So other than the UBI thing. And Yang Yang was also March as well, so I figured that this was going to come up too. Okay. Uh, But let me me just give you guys a taste of what his other policies are besides UBI. Uh, mandatory criminal sentence for discrimination against LGBTQ plus up to 10 years incarceration, uh, pathway to citizenship for current illegal aliens, absolute right to post partial birth abortion requirement for gender equal pay law, make Puerto Rico a state with full voting rights, old laws, uh, subject to sunset provision, including constitutional amendments, gun control, increase immigrant quota from 1 million to 5 million annually. 
And uh, I think the, the dumbest one, I mean, forgetting how atrocious it is, but just the dumbest one was he wanted to give uh, votes to 16 year olds. So that, that's all yeah. I got on Andrew. The, beast. The, the Reddit candidate. Yeah, he is a very much a Reddit candidate. They call him an entrepreneur, but what the hell company did he ever start other than his stupid political organization? That's not a company. I mean, maybe he did something I'm not aware of, but is he actually an entrepreneur? That's how he believes uh, himself. I, believe, I, think well, he was, I think he was part of the, uh, like, code, like, part of, uh, I think he had, like, a business where he would go into, like, inner cities or, like, um, old coal towns and, like, try and teach people to, co- to code. Um, sort of where like the the origination of the you know coal miners learning to code sort of thing. So in other words, it's not uh, a business because no those kids are not paying for that. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. No, it's, it's it was entirely government funded. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's he's he's <laughs> he's like a fake venture capitalist. He's mm-hmm. like the he's the VC that other VCs sponsor as part of charitable bullshit. So that people don't pay too much attention to the money laundering we've talked about in that uh, industry, and it's also like I mean, you want to talk about Chinese psyop candidates? <laughs> I, 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 the one thing that I am grateful for for Andrew Yang to be in the race is that finally there is a Chinese asset instead of an Israeli run, <laughs> Israeli one running for president. Yeah, Murdoch, so Murdoch finally did a China's pretty. Getting- Getting into the race. Yeah, Murdoch Murdoch did a pretty funny bit on what our Chinese overlords might look like. And I think the, their consensus was it wouldn't be that bad compared to what we got, at least. But at least the pings, uh, what is it, the, the social credit, whatever, at least. Yeah, you know, yeah. the social credit system. Bro you, posted, bro, you posted cringe. You're going to lose social credit points. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the, the Yang Gang thing was also kind of like, uh, what's something I. Was, that was very interesting to me because I that was my the first time I got very seriously accused of being a Fed. <laughs> I've said a couple times since then, like because all I all I did was like I I was one of like one of the first one of the early racist podcasts to just kind of mention some of the things he was saying because I was kind of following what was going on with that and people traced the line and some people were trying to trace a line to that. If I had known the amount of problems that was going to cause me, I would have never said anything because it wasn't like I was trying like I. I had this idea in my head, like, oh, what we should do during the year 2019 is like we should try to get as many of these Democratic candidates in and cause chaos. Like, wasn't worth, wasn't worth it. Was not worth getting involved whatsoever or sit talking about it. Should have just, should have just posted cum tweets and said nothing. This is why I will never get in trouble. This is why. <laughs> people don't even. People, I'm so good at posting cum tweets. People don't even realize I'm a racist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you a lot of your tweets go viral. It always cracks me up when I see another like one thousand uh, yeah. tweets from you. I surprised myself. Uh. All right, uh, let me see what else I've got that is uh, noteworthy. There, there's a lot, but I'm trying to pick out the most important ones here. Okay, let's talk about if you don't mind, uh, Meghan Mark Markle Marker. Whatever, oh God! And oh. Prince Harry. They they've uh, they came out. Uh, so this is Roosh reporting. Um, Prince Harry wants his child to become a homo. The, this whole relationship is a psyop on the British masses. But the article yes. reads in The Sun, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry will raise their baby as gender fluid and will avoid any stereotyping. Well, I don't even understand the purpose of that. Just send them to Cambridge. It's going to happen anyways. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get molested. Like, <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. Royal. This is a this is this is royalty. He's yeah. doing the molesting. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like that's how you know that story is fake because they wouldn't have had to announce it or anything. It's like well like <laughs> have you all you guys need to do is just study the the peculiar history of uh, of a british the, the inter, of uh it's the intersection of orientalism sodomy and zionism in in british history it's very very strange but it's very much there also also known as uh masonry <laughs> freemasonry that's what it is <laughs> all right i've got a quick list of uh, some notable bannings that happened uh probably the biggest one in Broadly speaking terms, uh, Facebook bans white nationalism and white separatism. Uh, so I guess any groups or I don't know if discussion of that is banned. So that was Facebook. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I do um, know some people use it still, but it's well, uh, that, that, uh, we hate you, but you can't leave. Well, here's here's a fun, here's a funny thing that happened from all that. Now it didn't happen at the time. They were basically working on it for, for a while, but like it really goes to show, like they know, like I mean. When you sock up on Facebook, they know who you are. They know because like it's like you're not being like you're you know like you're not being cute and like hiding because uh, we have the TRS had like just as as an evolution from the old libertarian days because that's where they got their start was the uh, was basically being racist libertarians trolling you know cat ladies on Facebook for the most part and over time basically this little friendship kind of circle had gathered together like and that's where like a lot of those guys would get their show prep from but people like having the secret the secret facebook group where they just posted links in there and all that like there was and uh we every single one of us to a t every single one of us uh it was about two months ago lost all of our accounts at the exact same time they wiped out the group and anyone who had ever interacted with that group they took them all out at the same time based on that on those uh community standard changing and even if you had never po- if you had never posted anything if, if you had just simply been a friend of any of our accounts and had been in any of those groups they took your account out no matter like even if you never posted anything so it's uh they, they they're becoming like much more uh, blatant about it now well Al- alex jones was speculating and I, I tuned in him recently just to see what what he's up to these days and he was saying that uh, facebook is is being uh Dained the the fall company uh, coming coming next in the next couple of years uh, to then shift people off that platform onto something else. I have no idea where he got that information, but we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Facebook uh, also banned Zero Hedge. While we're still talking about Facebook, got another banning. Culture of Critique is no longer available on Amazon. This joins the works of Greg Johnson and many other people who have been thrown off of there. Our friend James Lafon got unfortunately several of his books thrown off. And he's one of the nice nicest people I've I've ever actually interacted with, and so, you know, they they really don't care who you are. It's really what you're saying or who, whom you're associating with. And he he was he doesn't even say that anything that and radical, they, in my opinion. And they don't have to defend they don't have to defend their actions because you're going to have hundreds of libertarians and conservatives come out of the woodwork and remind you that's a private company and they can literally do whatever they want because of that. Yeah, yeah, that one's annoying. Uh, there was some more work from James O'Keefe who's doing God's work or whatever you want to call it. Um, amazing stuff uh, from that that journalist and his organization, Project Veritas. Uh, they did some stuff, I think, this year on Google, uh, Pinterest, and now while we're talking about Facebook, uh, he had an insider come out to talk about how they de-boost people. So in other words, if you actually have a trending story or however their trending system works, they will actively... Uh, detrend you for lack of a better phrase uh, because of your political views uh, so there was some proof of that from james o'keefe 
in March. Um, all right, let me see. Now, you guys can help me. My, my memory on this is somewhat fuzzy, but I think it did happen this year. The the New Zealand shooting. The, the yes, Brett that was a Mark. That was I. Re- Yep, I because of other oh, things. Wow. I remember that. I remember that very vividly. That wasn't. That was also in March. March was a very, very weird month. Um, it was, and a lot of trends like grew out of what happened in March because you had Yang Gang that month. You had the uh, the New Zealand shooting that month, and a number of things that I was involved in kind of pivoted because of of all that stuff but yeah like it was a very strange month all around it kind of basically really let us know where this year would be going yeah i mean it's it's all been sort of commented on at infinitum but just to review it real quick i think uh the shooting uh, is very suspect first of all because of the fact that they banned the video they don't let you look at it uh, if you're even searching for it you get in trouble that sort of thing uh, and then people who have looked at it, and I haven't done a thorough analysis of it, but I have seen some people, uh, James Fetzer in particular, who's a you know, very you know well-known conspiracy theorist. So you can make that what you what you will. But uh, he actually looked at the video and, and saw or thought he he found evidence that the the bullets actually weren't uh, weren't firing. The gun itself uh, was very suspicious looking. Uh, it may have been added in digitally, so there's there's right there there's mm. there's something weird going on. And then immediately after this, just right away, gun control is right on the agenda. And then they passed it. They got it. They got it in action. Uh, and New Zealand, remember, is where a lot of the billionaires of the world are building compounds and retreats. So my theory was yes. that they just they want to take guns away from the little people so they can stay safe in case there's a uh, there's revolution worldwide or something. I don't know, but that's my that's my suspicion or it's possible at least. Uh and then the the New Zealand prime minister wherever she came from, she was wearing the hijab right away. Um so just to show you who you are. Yeah. Peak awful. She, that she was she was awful like, I if we have to pick an awful of the year. She's she's my nomination of awful yeah. of the year. Yeah, pretty bad. And then you, it, it, oh man, like and I don't know which photo was worse. Her, you know, with the hijab and crying, or if it, they had this this uh, female security officer was also wearing a hijab, like while they're like protecting a like a mosque or something. It was. It was like it was every, like everything. There's so much cringe came out of all of that. It was just it was just so horrible. And eight chan got taken down uh, yes. because of that, right? Um, it was the start because like there were some other shootings that happened this year, and like basically like the the thing that the thing about the whole New Zealand shooting was that it kicked off a number of trends. Like so, a couple like two trends that come to mind that came out of all that. Like that the first was uh you had the these string of like shootings or uh, a psyops or like there was a lot a couple different things that basically the end goal of it was to you know create a reason for why 8chan had to come down which they would eventually got you know which they eventually got on it and then uh environmentalism on the on both like the neoliberal left and on the right has become quite the topic this this uh this year and some of that as well became exploded because of that shooting because uh Tarrant called himself a, an eco-fascist and mm. like that that en- ended up uh, affecting me and and the pine bros quite a bit because the whole pine bro thing had started as like you know reading kaczynski reading some environment environmental books ecological books it was like a whole gestalt kind of thing that there was like no sense of, like because eco 
fascism is a is a very contentious word anyways it's usually used as a as a pejorative as an accusation that environmentalists make of browns trying to like you know get their uh, you know do entryism through the greens but you had people who net were now identifying as eco-fascist and we like we ended up having to basically in order to avoid kind of getting some heat on ourselves a lot of us like moved away from that that was actually where graph twitter came from was because like we looked for a different thing to kind of get our we've, we've reclaimed the pine but it was it was a weird time where like you had a lot of people who were identifying as eco-fascist and these like weird like psyops that were going on all over the internet that all came out of this well did, did terrence manifesto talk about ecology at all i i seem to recall it was mainly about the a little third bit. world a, taking a, over a the world no, i mean it's a great replacement <laughs> manifesto well, on a meta level, so the manifesto is worth reading, uh, not because it's insightful per se, um, but because it's, it's uh, incredibly meta in the way that it uh, it so it sets up this narrative framework of like the goal of this manifesto and the shooting is to heighten the contradictions, and the way to do that is by explicitly uh, highlighting the ideologically salient aspects of it. So uh, the whole thing is so self-referential um, in terms of embedding memes that are intended to be taken uh, seriously to cause crackdowns on the memes, which he believes is somehow productive. Uh, the the bit about uh, gun control in particular was like, I chose these particular guns because they're essentially legal under New Zealand uh, law because I wanted to cause some sort of New Zealand gun control backlash and uh, uh, increase tensions over gun control in the United States. Um, it's uh, When I say it's worth reading, I mean, I think it's at the time a lot of people were saying, like, this is what happens when, like, your brain doesn't ever get off the Internet. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's more uh, I think it's more interesting than that because I think it also describes, you know, we're talking about how psyopy it seems. And uh, I think a lot of it actually describes kind of the internal narrative of somebody who's trying to engineer a psyop, if that yeah. makes sense. No, the guy was self-consciously trying to yes. like engender essentially the reaction that he got, um, the immediately proximate reaction, not necessarily the consequences of that reaction. Uh, and I'll give you two, I'll give you two examples of that, that prove your, prove exactly what you're saying. The first was like, we had within, you know, like our little very niche circles, like the, this debate on accelerationism exploded like this, like that there were for, for about six months, there were, there was very passionate discussion to the point of like, like people were very, like anyone who did not want to be associated with any of that stuff had to be very careful about how to approach that topic if they even approach it at all just because it it really created a bit of a of a, of a firestorm uh, running through it. it when accelerationism has a very kind of has a very different meaning prior to this like uh, like with the technological aspect of it but the other thing is like you you're seeing this increasingly more now and now as well is because um prior to 2019 when uh Loritz, uh was still in the third rail we had talked about that the okay symbol as like the white power symbol because like you were already in towards the end of 2018 you were starting to see people get into trouble with that and we were very much of the opinion that ba that basically this isn't funny anymore because there's now actual consequences related to this well with Tarant doing that he basically gave the like he and and i 
believe this was inte- completely his intention because of what you just described where like he wants to accentuate those contradictions where now because he did because he did that in court when he was brought into court he did the okay symbol uh which had started as a 4 chan troll and so from the liberal pers- you, you're seeing this w- weird thing play this weird um dialectic that plays out every single time somebody makes an okay symbol now because you have libertarians conservatives and normal people basically still going like hey guys it was a it was a 4 chan troll why are you freaking out about this and liberals are seeing this as you know like the um like, an uh, excuse like tra- to flex their power. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it's a transvaluation. I, that yeah. it, may, it may have started well, before, but because Tarrant did that. It now actually is that symbol. It's the uh, same thing with uh, what he when he said subscribe to PewDiePie. Uh, yes. Same thing happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, I got a note on him later on. Uh, we'll talk about him. I think when it comes up. Uh, but just to wrap out March, I had a few quick ones. Then we can move on. Uh, the House votes in favor of illegal immigrant voting, according to James Woods' Twitter account, when he was probably still on there. I don't think he's on there anymore. I haven't seen him in a long time. I uh, don't know if that actually went anywhere, but uh, you can see the the tides um, ebbing and flowing with the Congress. Uh, illegal immigration under Trump projected to surpass Obama-era levels. I think it has. Uh, this is from Breitbart. Uh, this is uh, all I got on immigration. And then lastly, I got some economic stories from the Wall Street Journal. U.S. registers the largest trade deficit in goods in its history, growing by 10% to $891.25 billion. Uh, this was the total in, I guess, 2018. So they're, they're totaling it up uh, by March, I guess. But um, we'll see what happens this year. But Trump ran... Obviously, on one of his one of his big platforms was bringing jobs back and factories and manufacturing, in particular, to the United States. Uh, and he has done some of that, but nonetheless, the economy has continued its pattern of importing more than it exports. And people who say that doesn't matter uh, need to study more history because this stuff does catch up to countries eventually. And we've been doing it for forty years, and this is why our debt levels are as high as they are. But uh, the sustainability is not infinite uh, just because the United States is and was the largest economy in most people's eyes. China technically has a larger economy, but per capita. And if you even out sort of like the, uh, the role of the U.S. dollar and the petrodollar and all that, it, it really is still the most important economy in the world. But slowly but surely, we've been losing ground to these other giants uh, around the world. And China, uh, I mean, there's no other country's ever surpassed the United States until uh, at least in the past 100 years or so, uh, until the, this country where we get the bulk of our goods trade deficit from uh, took, took, uh, took the lead. And so that, uh, that's basically just going to diminish the, the, the strength of the country uh, in the future and increase the odds of more financial crises because of the amount of debt that we're inhaling. Uh, End of speech. Uh, Last story, I got it in economic news. Bloomberg reports that for years, employers have complained about labor shortages. Since then, they have managed to hire another 18 million people. Uh, America's jobs market is defying employer labor shortage reports. So all these uh, companies complaining about not having enough talented workers, if you just don't listen to them, you get low unemployment, which is basically what uh, we've we've been seeing to to a degree, uh, and also 
the H-1B stuff that they're trying to get is basically just a ploy for them to get cheaper labor, and it's going to affect people we all know, and either you or people you know who work in high-skill jobs. Uh, that's not a benefit to Americans. It's a benefit to the corporations. And so uh, I'm surprised, frankly, that Bloomberg even reported that. One final thing I'll say on on March is like this. I would say that this is the month that finally that finally broke like the um, the Trump, like MAGA or the Trump movement, uh, at least in terms of like the the circles we run in, because the people were people were still kind of like trying to like make this whole thing work through the end to the end of 2018 because the uh, we had we went into basically shutdown and then that once that came up it was, there was the sense of like well what do we do now because like that's when people's kind of like the, the diehard for a lot of diehards the illusion about Trump finally just finally broke it just there wasn't and that's kind of where a lot of that yang gang energy started from in the first place the organic stuff it was basically a way of kind of like dealing with like the trump hangovers like well what do we do now like what where do we go from here what is like what is this for the people who hadn't jumped hadn't already jumped off and that march was like that's where like the uh, the tone on a lot of the stuff on people who were following politics and commenting on it really started to change in my view was that was and, and a lot of those events that you're talking about right there kind of highlight all of that where people was like wondering like why are we supporting this guy for yeah. for people who are still do for people who are still in it basically well one one of the stories I didn't mention just because we kind of talked about it already but to your point uh, the picture the photo op between Candace Owens Charlie Kirk and Donald Trump uh, surfaced oh, yeah. in March and I, I asked this to a friend of the show recently uh, but it, it boggles my mind how Trump can even ally himself with Kirk at all uh, before the Groiper thing even because Kirk has made public statements on Twitter about how he would support uh, alternative candidates to Trump. I, I don't get it. It's really uh, mind-boggling to me. I guess Trump hopes that he, he thinks this kid is going to help him win millennial or uh, et cetera votes, but uh, yeah. I think, it, I, think it, I think it definitely is like a boomer mindset and I think it, it even goes to the billionaires that are truly backing Kirk's sort of, you know, whole shtick is that yep. they actually don't understand that he's reviled by everyone. Like, you know, I, I, I think that it's just a matter of them not understanding how the internet works. I think and, he's just, he's, ang he's angling for the, the large forehead vote. Yeah. Well, he's not getting it from me this year or next year. I have a, uh... I have two stories from March, then we should move on. Uh, one would be the Boeing 737 MAX right. software problems that were was causing planes to fall out of the sky. Uh, some of the deep lore on that was that it turned out a lot of the software was actually architected inside India. Uh, and a lot of electrical engineering work for Boeing was being done in places of renowned aviation expertise like Russia and the former Soviet Union. Well, to be um, fair, Russians do have somewhat of an aerospace pedigree, but uh, India has none. So, yeah, oh, just so a few I, more I, days the, until the they're a superpower, fella, fellas. <laughs> a few more you days. Know, I was I was in uh, the first time I visited India was uh, very memorable to me because the airport. Um, I mean, it's 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 a tropical country. I mean, obviously, the northern northern part is part of the Himalayas. So, for you know, we're not talking about that, but the majority of it is very hot, very warm, very humid. Uh, and so some of this is not their fault, but the visual was very striking to me because my plane pulled up and I'm looking out the window and I see the 747, uh, one of the biggest jets in the world, uh, parked out on the tarmac and it has mold like growing outside of its skin 
through like the windows. And I don't know if this is an operational aircraft or what, but I did not get a very good impression of their uh, airplane mechanical uh, abilities from that visual. The other uh, big story was just sort of a general story throughout uh, mostly the first half of this year, especially around spring. Uh, a lot of the Midwest, especially a lot of the Great Plains and a lot of our farming communities in that region of the country uh, were pretty much underwater for a great stretch of time in one of the largest uh, flood experiences in a generation and all kinds of food shortages across the country and prices to go up. Um, well, people were projecting what was interesting that to me, might happen. But what was interesting to me about it at the time was that no one was reporting on it. Um, it was one of the most yeah. underreported major events of the year. And there were several people that commented on this, that uh, there didn't seem to be any extensive reporting through any of the major news outlets, either uh, cable television or uh, online or any of the major newspapers. They all seemed to ignore that uh, you know, ten or eleven states were experiencing massive floods and were uh, seeing hundreds of thousands of people displaced and crops lost permanently. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we had a we interviewed a farmer uh, on on our show this year, and I believe when I corresponded with him, he did say that some of this was affecting uh, their plans, the the corn in particular. Uh, but I was curious. I don't know if anybody anybody knows this because obviously the reporting is not the best but um did it actually result in shortages or price increases i hadn't i didn't notice anything it did result in price increases not like not you know not red lines but it did result in price increases across the board yeah yeah okay yeah i mean the way the the agricultural and the food processing industry works is very complicated obviously and typically what they do is they substitute for alternative foodstuffs when things go crazy and so the proportions may change you may have more soybeans versus corn or wheat or whatnot depending on what is available but yeah the the process of growing food is not like a factory you are subject to very very wild swings in the weather obviously and other things that might screw things up price of oil energy uh the general state of uh the economy, the, the banks, the ability to borrow as a farmer. We've talked about that, but uh, it, it's a very complex supply chain. All right. Uh, ready for April? Yes, sir. Okay. So I've uh, got... How many, how many month, more months are there? <laughs> well, I think you can do the math. <laughs> There'd be nine. If you can't. Um, including april april uh a lot of a lot of crummy stuff happened uh i don't mean to be a downer but that's kind of a theme of our show so we'll uh you come to us if you want to know the bad stuff so hard to pick what's the worst but uh julian assange uh I'll, I'll, i'll come out and say it a hero of mine uh got uh extradited to the united states or the empire the heart of the beast from the ecuadorian embassy in london where allegedly uh, the Ecuadorian president was basically given a giant bribe from the U.S. government to do this on the tune of like $10 million or something. And I don't remember what form it took. It could have been uh, trade deals or aid or weapons or who God knows what. But uh, this is how our, our, not our government, the empire that is uh, calling itself the United States operates. It, it seeks out and destroys enemies and uses our money to, uh, to do it. So that was big. Um, Notre Dame, 
was burned. Oh, just quick, just yeah. Quick, just quickly on on Assange, I just wanted to, uh, two things that we discovered that that made uh, that made us made it known that Assange truly is one of us. One, he came out looking like uh, uh, Gerald from uh, from The Witcher when they finally pulled him out. And two, <laughs> um, it was it was reported that uh, well, according to Ecuador, Julian Assange was smearing poop on the embassy walls, so he truly yeah, is a right. shitbuster. Yeah. Well, I I wonder if that's a character attack uh, made up. I I don't know if that's true. But that, I mean, that just that just endears him to me. I mean, he really okay. he really is one of us. I take it back then. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shit poster. Yeah. Very well said. Um, I don't know what's happened to him. I mean, is he in the U.S. now? Is he in uh, yeah? He's Colorado. He's, he's Harry fighting extradition still. Okay. He's oh. in the U.K. He's right. yeah. He's uh. <laughs> So it, it it is unfortunately my estimation that the intention is that he dies of his uh, accumulated health problems yep. uh, in in prison. A That's what they're trying to do to him. Yeah. The the Swedes, I think, did uh, drop yes, the uh, did. bullshit rape case against him. Good for them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the point anymore? Yeah. yeah what's the <laughs> that's point? that's a fair to, point they don't too. Need it anymore. They got him. Yeah. yeah Julie, uh, Julian's dad has recently, like just the other day, did um. Was uh talking was on video talking about uh, the sort the torture that his son has been has been undergoing. So one hundred percent that uh, basically they're just going to slowly kill him this way. Yeah, well, they don't Ken- they don't Pamela want Anderson a trial. That's him. for certain. They don't want him to right. get a speaking platform ever again. Right. Oh, and even if he does go if he does go to trial, you will see the most absurd. Uh, judicial limitations of his ability to conduct a defense that you've ever seen before. We've seen this in other in other cases where people just aren't allowed to present credible defenses. Yeah, the the liberal left turn they turn on Assange just like really like that laid bare just how much these people truly are NPCs who don't actually believe anything until like their programming is activated. Well, it also shows how much of a shithead trump is for uh again not uh not backing people who've backed him yep yeah no doubt Uh, a couple of uh well we suspect we don't know but we do know that refugees in greece started lighting the country on fire and then someone we can only suspect lit the arguably greatest cathedral in the world on fire in france and notre dame uh, and nobody's revealed anything, as far as I know, about who did it. While the building shocked. was still on fire, they released a statement. Yeah, we are sure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Adam. I can't do a uh, French accent. We are. We are sure there is no arson here. Yeah. That was the while day. it was burning. That was the day I saw Titus' spirit break. Yeah. That that was that was rough. I think I actually did my only serious post of the year. I did a little poem to that, uh, yep. to the church. Um, no, it was very, it was no, that, poem. that day was very point. Like, I just like, that was another, like one of these like Twitter days. That's very, like, I remember very vividly because that was, I, you know, like when I, one of the, I do, like, I do check your tweets every day because you do, <laughs> you do do con- good content. And, Bless you. Yeah. Sweet and it was the, that was the day like I, I was like i saw your like i saw your spirit break that day because i was like oh no he's actually being serious yeah couldn't couldn't be funny that day yeah it was uh i i, I think um you know the way that uh like a few years ago like the whole sky king and, and borzoi was was big on the whole sort of you know 
contextualizing sort of the the plight of of that of that story into sort of the wider sort of consciousness uh, you can't get a more poetically depressing <laughs> image than Notre Dame on fire i mean you really yeah. it's 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 too perfect and then you you have like in it, like the, the the little things about that are what stand out is you have uh, you, you basically have POC that are trying to get like uh, aesthetic photos of it of it as it's burning or laughing about it. While you have these, you know, the, you have the true the French, the actual French people, the actual actual French people, like the remnant who, like you would think that the with the way that people talk and so the way that they present France, no longer even live in that country, coming out like and that you know, in a combination of both blood and faith are see like they're watching their cathedral burn before their eyes. And all they can do is just helplessly watch and pray. Well, like the, the people that are, that rule over them are lying to their faces and they know it. Yeah. yeah the, there's, there's been the, a lot the, of, there's been a lot of, uh, church, uh, burnings in France, I think more than any other European country, I think. Yes. There, uh, I have a big map of it. I can't obviously explain it, uh, orally to, listeners only but uh, if you go to the bit shoot i'll put the map up i mean it's it's extensive i i'm estimating yeah. here but at least 100 probably 200 burnings i'm not sure about 200 but somewhere in there uh, it's a lot it's very, very much there was a lot of footage uh the night of as it drifted into the night there was a lot of footage coming out of uh frenchmen basically serenading yeah, uh, Notre Dame and sort of going in circles around um, those kind of circular blocks that are nearby and uh, around the river uh, and singing all through the night as it just continued to burn and uh, you know the French firefighters I guess attempted to put out the blaze as best they could um, there's also been a huge amount of uh, church decommissionings across France where churches are basically found to be uh, underfunded. And instead of attempting to find a way to sell them uh, or to uh, preserve them or to set aside some money from, for them, um, they're simply torn down and uh, turned into an, a vacant lot. And then the vacant lot is, uh, is sold to a property investor. I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather the churches burn than that happen to them. That's at the very least, like if something's going to end, let it end in fire that way. But yeah. it it led to it also led to that poignant photo from the, the next day of the when the firefighters finally were able to get in there. The the cross still endured even after the flames had uh, uh, consumed much of the uh, the top of the building. And it it's it's sad because it, it sort of underscores uh, a theme that we've touched on several times now on this show, which is the the real decline of modern France. Um, and it's really remarked by the fact that so many of these churches are being torn down because they simply are in towns across the country and in rural regions particularly that uh, don't have enough people around to support them. Yeah, That the country's been... Uh, wholly depopulated and has not grown in the way it needed to to sustain its own population in these places. Um, it's a very lopsided country. It, it's very, it's much like the United States. And that was the comment I made when we talked about this with Ryan Landry was that, uh, you know, the, the true reality of the situation is that France is slowly becoming America. And it's it's really terrifying. And, you know, the, the burning of Notre Dame and uh, the burning of various churches just becoming a fact of life. 
is part of that Americanization reality where you know it quickly just loses whatever made it France, uh, and instead there's maybe a McDonald's that's placed there that makes fre- fresh croissants every day. I don't know. Uh, have you guys read? Look. Have you guys read the new Welbeck novel? Serotonin. No. No. Because it's, no. it's a, oh Titus, I'm going to sell you on this in just a second. But yeah, no, it's the the novel is about, like one of the themes on it is is about these uh is about the countryside because the the main character is an is an agricultural scientist and you have this uh you actually have this uh farmer the funny thing is like uh it was published in January and there is actually this like farmer revolt that does happen in the novel and we have the we had the farmer rebellions that happened later uh this year but uh for you Titus the uh, the main character he's got a a, a sexually hyperactive Japanese girlfriend <sighs> what's he so sad about that's what i that's what I... <laughs> No, I, 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 that's actually on my wish list. I think I'm going to be getting that for Christmas. That looks like a... I need to read more Holobat. <laughs> you guys want to move on to May? We, we can. I've got a, I've got a few more stories, but um, if you guys are, t- are crunched, we can, we can skip them. Um, let, let me just do two more. Um, so I've got, in the theme of Christianity, uh, E. Michael Jones, the very uh well known in our in our thing catholic uh was thrown off of wikipedia uh and then in the mode of or in the thinking of churches in europe uh with declining Wait, membership was thrown off like like he well, his page was deleted i mean he can he like, was on, uh, use he, it, he was his, notab- his notability was unpersoned Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, he was uh, being interviewed by Owen Benjamin, who actually came across my radar this year, uh, the comedian who got thrown out of Hollywood for saying a yeah. few too sharp things about the people who run Hollywood. He's uh, a weirdo, man. He is kind of strange, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll agree with you. But uh, nonetheless, um, on our side, I think, and I think he deserves um, – he, he's very funny, so nothing else. But uh, he had uh, he had Jones on, and he basically said, "Yeah, it's fine. You know that it was all made up anyway." So it's just another note about Wikipedia: is you know even your own biography can be manipulated very heavily by others. Obviously, if uh, you if you just a very quick uh, Wikipedia thing that's very very entertaining. Um, if you uh, look, like if you Wikipedia Miguel Serrano and look at the editor's notes. Uh, you'll have a, a hearty chuckle because it's this conversation between these two leftists uh, over like esoteric Hitlerism, and uh, they're like really just puzzled that this, you know, creator of esoteric Hitlerism is a, uh, you know, a diplomat, an accomplished philosopher, and theologian. Like it's it's for, very for, very fun. For a, for a friend of the of the Dalai Lama. Yes. Oh yeah, friend of the Dalai Lama. All that Speaking stuff. Speaking of Buddhists, uh, I'll, I'll add one more if if I may for the month of April. Uh, I don't know his name, but uh, oh, actually, it's right here. A Buddhist monk, Ashin Wirathu, um, was named the face of Buddhist terror by Tom. Oh yes, yes. There's a picture of him reading it and uh, just looking <laughs> yeah. like, uh huh, right. Um, so he's the guy basically. See the guy in Myanmar? I think yeah. so. Yeah. He's basically that, talking yeah, about that, the Muslims that, invading. Yeah, that's so. what, that's when that's when they were trying to basically gay up us on the on the Rohingya. The Rohingya, the, Ro- the Rohingya Muslims. I mean, they had to like choose a, a name for this psyop people that no one in america can even properly pronounce rohingya i mean, Rohingya. Rohingya. I mean 
they try to they try to get us to care about the the Uyghurs and like that's in the situation we have in China like that's like yeah that, that that's there's a much more of like a sympathetic angle like it's that one's rough like that one's a, a rough one and it's because like the 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 Uyghurs do actually like have like a, a rich history and this but unfortunately this is what happens when you're a constituent ethnic group under an empire but the Rohingya they're just they're just Muslim gypsies nobody likes these people. Well. Mm-hmm. I think in the mind of the average American, if you tell them that there are Buddhists, the average American thinks of Buddhists as, you know, uh, yeah, pacifists who eat leaves and don't like they're basically sloth people who don't. No, that's not. That's absolutely not true. They're not sloth. I know that's not true, but that's how the average American thinks of Buddhists. If you then go tell them, um, so there's this massive population of Buddhists, like majority of the country probably in this big Southeast Asian country uh, that hate Muslims so much they're killing them in huge numbers. The like, kind of the culture shock of that statement would make most people think, huh, I wonder what the Muslims, the Muslims did. I, yes. What did the Muslims right. yes. do to piss yes. them off? It's like, <laughs> yes. I, I wonder how that happened. Yeah. The average American views that as, wow, like Muslims are so bad that they've even made Buddhists angry. I mean, what will they do? What will they do next? They're going to make Quakers angry and get the Amish against the them. Amish. Like, you know, it. no one feels bad for Muslims when they get killed by other POC. I think people just kind of laugh or don't really know how to feel about it, but they don't feel bad. Yeah, yeah, I try, yeah, try to try to explain the India Pakistan situation to the average American. <laughs> oh, uh, going back to uh, to uh, uh, Brendan Terrence shooting, like India Twitter was like, you know, oh, yeah, God. celebrating like they were the only. Like, you were like oh, scurrying yeah. for like the seats. You know, federal, federal agents. Like the entire subcontinent of India was like having parades for this guy. Wild. <laughs> Titus, if you're if you are, I, I do this very sparingly because like I don't want these like because they're doing their own thing and I don't want the, them to be mad at me and also like I don't want to like gild the lily on this kind of stuff. But if you're ever having like a content drought and you really need to find something that's going to make you laugh, go to India Chan. It is one of the greatest sites I have ever been to, where it's just like the most racist, genocidal shit posting Indians like, that are all like screaming at each other about like how like uh, uh, over their like you know internal like ethnic differences and the like it's it's 4chan for indians or really 8chan for indians and it's fantastic content with the with the stuff like they were they were so like some of them were so mad for when uh scott greer started up the war with them but then like other like other ones were like were basically were basically making fun of the indians that uh, greer was going after just because they considered them dalits it was just, the whole thing is just really funny. If you want to see purity spiraling Indians, great stuff. Yeah, there's there's definitely some of those out there. Um, well, quick one, quick one. Swedish bishop wants to remove crosses from church and mark direction of Mecca to make it more inviting for Muslims. This is in Sweden now, and it's uh, yeah. as you would imagine a woman uh, bishop. Uh, I don't know quite know what church that is. Probably Lutheran or something. This is really the year that well, misogyny came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah the well, awful. The awful, I think, was the meme of the year. Wasn't that wasn't that one notable because it was like the state church, like someone with the state church that was involved in that? Because that was, I think, that was why. Because like you uh-huh. always have like you could have, you always have these goofy Protestant churches that do this kind of stuff. But it's like when the state, because like generally with the Scandinavian countries. Like the the state church is just 
a whatever kind of entity like it's just, it's there it's there for people it's basically just there for the few the small percentage of people that still do like the holidays and that's about the extent of it and it's also countries. like like the petri dish for like gay ops it's like our yeah. our military you know that's that's what uh yeah. yeah that's the services that's the service that it provides the state it's just the ability to push shit down people's throats yeah i i you can't get angry over sweden anymore or else your mind will break like you just have to <laughs> Yeah, just have to laugh at it. It's just a very silly, silly country. Yeah, I mean, it's it, the whole thing is just especially weird when you consider the fact that like, if it was the Church of Sweden, which I'm going to guess it probably was, if it was the like, only two percent of the of the population of Sweden even goes to church. I think yeah. it's like right, it's correct. just like yeah. But they're all uh, they're registered. It's it's kind of funny yeah. if you look at statistics, it may be misleading because because I think you have to pay taxes to it or something like that. They're officially Lutherans, but in terms of attendance, you know, I think you're you're right on the money there, but that that's the key metric you want to follow. All right, May, um, let's let's move on. So I've got uh, I've got more kind of like religion stuff, um, just because it keeps happening because we're sort of in a ethno religious war at the moment between progressivism, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, however you want to divide it, but it's definitely real. So in uh, United States, a I think pretty openly Muslim woman, uh, representative Ilhan Omar of the lovely Minnesota. Yeah. Yep. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for getting it right. Because everyone keeps mixing up Minnesota and Michigan because of Rashida Tlaib and oh, Ilhan. This uh, is very Minnesota. From what yeah, I can this tell. is Somali. Yeah. yeah. Somali land. Yeah. Uh, we, for, for, the, for people who keep getting it mixed up, the Somalis are in Minnesota. The Arabs are in Michigan. Right. <laughs> they all, they run all the party stores, right? Yep. Oh, and you even know that term, like that—the party store. That—that's a very like localized Michigan term. Yeah, Jo taught us that uh, back in the day when we talked to him. Uh, oh, I remember. Detroit. I do. I, I do remember that. Yeah, when he yeah. when he was on that episode. But hey, uh, speaking of which, yep. I got a I got to run in a gas station. You guys need anything? <laughs> uh, a couple uh, of call malls, maybe do a they, tall boy. Yeah, do they uh, sell yeah. jewel pods uh, where you're at, Nick? I can go for a few. Yeah, I, I think they, it's America. They they must have them. So yeah, and here I thought you were you were running up to the war crime store. Nick, Nick, can you <laughs> ask the uh, the owner of the gas station a if he is Indian and b what he thinks of Brendan Tarrant? Yes. <laughs> oh, also, give me some, no, you can do I, it I, live. You, that'd be cool. Too. <laughs> uh, give me some. Uh, give me some crocodile while you're at it. Oh, yeah, crocodile, the Russian crack. I don't think so. That's that's horrible. <laughs> so uh, wait, are we on May now? Yeah. yeah, May. yeah. Hey, hey. So uh, Omar. So Ilhan Omar. She said uh, on the podium at some black women matter. I don't know. I can't read it, but it's some kind of <laughs> complaining. Uh, women matter. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I, it, it's cut off at the bottom. But she said, this is not going to be a country of white people. Uh, quoted by uh, CNSnews.com. This is what we got in the Congress. Thank you, Minnesota. Minnesota. I'm going to make, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a prediction. Um, if, uh, if Omar, I, I don't, cause like, I, I don't know like what's going to happen with her, with her seat. Like, I think she'll get reelected, but if she gets reelected, um, especially if Trump loses in 2020 and this, like, you know, like this shit starts, like you start to see more of like, of the stuff start to go off the rails. Like I, I'm going to predict that in 2020, you're going to have some, uh, not tw- well, 2021, it would be 2021 in 2021, some, so uh, some boomer is just going to lose his mind and try to assassinate Ilhan Omar. 
Could happen. I mean, Thank the, you for the, Fed post. The, the neocons hate her. So if you listen to conservative radio, you definitely hear I, that stuff. I, I am not a boomer. Therefore, that is not me. Well, I if would, you're hanging out with... And I disavow all violence. I, uh, uh, you know, I, I love the Constitution and due process and American capitalism. And you know, I've been told that if you hang an American flag uh, off the... Uh, you know, off your porch, the F- the FBI and ATF won't shoot your dog. A Republican told me this. I uh, well, I I, I will uh, offer a uh, a counter uh, argument in that I am all in favor of uh, middling sixty IQ uh, individuals uh, joining, you know, our federal government. So yes. the more the merrier. Yes. I, I want I want senators with yeah, I want senators who are, you know, who can't pronounce the word patriotism. You know, this is uh, this is the new future. I, I love the I, guy, the, oh. the, the, the African-American fellow, uh, I forgot his name, that thought uh, Guam was going to flip over if they, if they yes, upgraded yes. their uh, military base. Nick, Nick Mason's picking up magic cards right now at the gas station. <laughs> magic the Gathering? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they sell those at gas stations, but... No, yeah, he, just, he just had a the good one. Oh, how wrong you are. How wrong you are. How wrong you are. <laughs> um okay so on the uh on the muslim thing uh we we i think we got some wins i think we can call this some wins uh just you know confirmation that that not everybody's completely nuts in the uk Uh, a couple of brits by the name of uh morrissey and john cleese yeah noted that uh london doesn't look like london anymore what do we think about these uh stars of a distant past there was a fantastic post on one of the chants explaining the whole Cleese phenomenon where they grew up in this, like they got to like get their careers in like this golden age of basically like the high point of like, of, uh, of like a post-war British society yeah, where yeah. like basically they got all this prestige. Of being able to have, yeah. They, well, basically they got to, they got to rib these nice little like conservative British people who, who could take a joke. And it's like, Oh, you know what Margie? Like he's, he's got kind of a point there now. Like he li- like, the world that he helped create has no place for somebody like him. And he's looking around it's like, where did all the nice conservative people I could make fun of go? Right. Good, good observation. That makes sense. Yeah, and, and people like, you know, forget like the Monty Python guys, like they met at Oxford, Oxford, like they were like high, you know, highish society. Um, you know, they're, they're very intelligent, very talented, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think in terms of, you know, the politics and sort of cultural items that they pushed with their fame, it was nothing, you know, nothing but deleterious things. So, you know, I don't know. It's, I, it's hard to feel sympathy for John Cleese. Uh, you know, as, as Borzoi stated, he, he, you know, he made, uh, he made the bed that he lies in. Yeah, he, ha- he helped create the world we're now living in. Yeah. According to, I'll have to find the source. Uh, forgive me. I just who was the wait? Who who was the other one? Because it was John Morris. 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 He's based. Yeah, yeah. We, we stand him. Yeah, he's he's been kind of. I love the Smiths, man. Oh yeah, very good, very good. And, and considering that the alt right is a Latinx movement, and the love that the Latinx have for Morrissey, I mean, like this convergence convergence was always going to happen. Yeah. So I have a uh, a statistic story here. This is coming from this article summarizing the data from 2017, 2018. 
uh, the from the, the sources, the U.S. Census Bureau's American Community Survey, uh, non-citizens commit 42% of federal crimes, despite being only 7% of the population. Uh, despite, sorry. Yeah, and and if if any, and I initially thought, well, maybe it's just illegal immigration they're counting, but actually, this includes uh, drug possession, um, and kidnapping, fraud, theft, embezzlement, extortion, racketeering, burglary, assault, commercialized vice, whatever that means. Environmental crimes, among others. <laughs> so it's not just means across horrors. the border. Yeah. Would you say, Hank? Uh, commercialized vice means means horrors. Oh, human trafficking. Prostitution. Yeah. The whores. All right. Uh, back in the UK, real quick. The Brexit party wins. I'm not sure what they won, but I, I think Euro- Euro- European, the European, European, European elections. elections. The ones that don't matter. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. The ones especially that the like he did well in. Yeah, the, all of Europe basically uses the European elections as a uh, opportunity to just say screw you whenever they're feeling particularly saucy. But the EU institutions are intentionally designed so that the EU Parliament has no power whatsoever to do anything. So it's like, eh, whatever. We'll send that weirdo. He's entertaining. Well, give him a salary. And you you had a peculiar thing as well because all the uh, all the nationalist parties did uh, did very well and like and so like these these parties create blocks for all that and then like like no one was really sure like how do we include the Brexit party like because it's like they're technically like a nationalist party but like their whole thing is getting out of the EU so like you, they were like this just this weird hanger on because of the whole brexit situation that's going on um so slovakia has got like a really funny party that's uh um, that uh, that that did very well they got like i think like four seats and uh it's like they call it like what is it like? i think they call it our party yeah uh, kotleba the people's party of our Slo- slovakia and their ideology on wikipedia reads like um like somebody's twitter profile like a like a, a an anime twitter uh, profile Slovak nationalism, neo-fascism, reactionaryism, right-wing populism, ultra-nationalism, neo-Nazism, Christian fundamentalism, national conservatism, social conservatism, traditionalism, anti-globalism, hard Euroscepticism, Russophilia. Oh, they edited this down. They used to, they even had like, anti-Zygonism in there because they talk about constantly like cracking down on gypsy criminality. You get all that in one bag of oranges? Sorry, <laughs> Simpsons reference if anybody remembers that one. But um, yeah. But like, just talk about the whole EU elections because like that's what the Brexit Party thing was part of. That like the Nationalist parties did very well this year as well, and you're seeing the rise of Matteo Salvini like kind of being the the like joining yeah. with I, um because like what was his name? The Orban used to be kind of like the sole guy who was kind of like basically up up against all this, and thanks to Hungary, Hungary the the Visegrad groups like close connections with Italy through mm-hmm. like so they're really forging something with uh with Salvini. Well, Salvini's an interesting story because I believe he was kicked out uh after May. So but in May he was making some waves and this might have been what happened. Uh but uh, first thing um he did no, was the, uh, the, 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 just to clarify yep. um, we can, we'll, we'll talk about it. like the, it was the coal that what ha- wasn't that he was kicked out the coalition fell apart and okay. his party is no longer in coalition. Okay, thank you. Yeah. No, I, I hope he continues to do what he's doing because oh, he's uh, gonna he's gonna be the prime minister. No, he's he is going to be the prime minister of Italy when they, uh, after the next election. That is that is going to happen. The uh, uh, Lega is the most popular party in Italy. It was basically um, so ba- uh, when back in 2017, what happened was the uh, it, there was no clear there was no clear winner. Five star. It was five star in Lega, 
and mm-hmm. with the help of Steve Bannon, they basically forged this um this kind of like populist kind of coalition together in Italy to rule. It's um, amazing Bannon has to go yeah. to Europe to defend the rights of Europeans, and he can't even do it yeah. in his own country. Um, but the yeah, but then Five Star and um and Lego fell fell out with each other, and Five Star did a very the only thing they could do in order to stay in power was the coalition with the with the Social Democrats, which has been a very very mm. unpopular move in Italy. But because they have the coalition numbers to keep the government right now, that's why Salvini's not in power. But he continues to rise in the polls, and as do the other right wing parties in Italy. He will be Italy's next prime minister once an election happens. Yeah, yeah he'll lead. He'll lead eventually. I hope so. Yeah, he's yeah. he's great. Uh, so Paul Joseph Watson reports. Uh, Salvini says the real extremists are elitists who occupied Europe in the name of finance, of multinationals, of money, and of uncontrolled immigration. Now, what Paul Joseph Watson omits, um, I believe I recall this, he mentioned Soros and people like that. Now we got to remember who. PJW is affiliated with Nympho Wars and all that stuff in there. He, he follows me on Twitter. Does he really? I, I, I like Watson. I mean, you know, if I had to, you know, decide if I want him around or not, I, I'd, I'd keep him. But, uh, uh, so that was, uh, that was a big kind of speech Salvini gave. And it was actually with Marine Le Pen and they had a kind of like a, a nationalist a group, uh, on stage and they were giving these kind of statements and speeches. Uh, the other thing that was pretty funny, um, now, I'm, I'm not saying this, but the headline says, Far-right Italian leader Salvini uh, launches bill to find rescuers 5,500 euros for each refugee they save. I'd love to see that if it actually happened. Um, but, I mean, it, it's, you know, you need to do something like that because these people who think that they're helping not just the refugees, but their country as a whole by bringing these people in, they're absolutely mistaken. These people are a burden. I think statistics have come out to show that like 85, 90% of the refugees that uh, Germany has taken in over the past few years are unemployed. They're on the dole. They don't contribute to society. And not to mention, you know, they're just not German or Italian or French or whatever country they're going yeah, to. They don't and belong there. They don't. And yeah. they're, they're a, a burden. And people who bring them in with no penalty are imposing costs on other people and that's wrong and well they should they should be prosecuted as uh human traffickers and the ngos that back these boat people and and again like these people are i know that there was like a, a german awful uh you know covered in tats just like disgusting human being who was arrested by the Italians for smuggling in Africans. Mm. Like clearly she, you know, this, this chick, this grad student didn't have the money to buy a boat. Someone's backing her and mm. the people that back her need to be prosecuted as well. Yeah. hundred percent. My advice to, <clears throat> to European governments is if there's some like kraut woman in your country, just deport her immediately yeah. <laughs> because there's never a good reason that a German is abroad. So if I, you know, if a German is in Southeast yeah. Asia, they're there for sex, uh, sex stuff. If they're in North America, it's also for sex stuff. Or like, <laughs> you know, yeah. German, some, German, German women are the, are the awfuls of continent. Right. Like, or, or some like, you know, terrible business deal. With Siemens, I, I, there's never any good reason to have a German in your country. My advice is always to just immediately deport them, and yeah. you'll probably, you'll actually probably see a lot of dividends from that. Well, in certain countries, they have the power to do that. Uh, Russia, for example, is uh, well, in actually in the opposite direction, they've invited in fifteen thousand South African farmers 
uh, who are fleeing their own country for obvious reasons to come settle in Russia. Uh, so those are the, the good immigrants they're trying to get. And the, uh, the headline that I saw that in, it was basically, and I'm trying to find it, but I remember what it said. Basically it was, um, if you wanted any more proof that Russia is a Nazi shithole, here it is. It doesn't even make sense. I, I don't know what that has to do with the national socialist party of Germany to the fact that they're helping white refugees basically escape, uh, land confiscation and murders that are occurring in South Africa. It, it just is, makes this, no sense. This is Russia, the rep Russia represents the ultimate axis of anti-Semitism because you have like really angry 90 IQ Asians out in the steppe that hate Jews and also mm. Chechens that hate Jews and mm. all kinds of like Persian minorities that hate Jews and and Slavs that hate Jews and, and the Cossacks. And, like, yeah. it, it's, it's the ultimate anti-Semitic United Nations. And Man. It, it's united the races together. It's a really everything. awesome country in that. Every, every, everything about that country makes me make more sense now. <laughs> All right, let's wrap up May, uh, if you guys are ready. I've got a few uh, business technology stories. Don't know if that's of interest to some people here. Hans uh, occasionally brings those up, so I'll, I'll mention pro them briefly. Pro probably, probably not in the way that you'd like. Well, hey. <laughs> <laughs> We're all here to listen and learn. Uh, okay, so Elon Musk uh, just revealed new details about Starlink, a plan to surround Earth with 12,000 high-speed internet satellites. Uh, if you didn't have enough internet, then uh, you can get it now in the desert and the what forest. What a terrible idea. You I mean, thought you could it's not vaporware. They're, they're <laughs> watching those things continuously. Yeah. There, yeah. There's actually yeah. a lot of concerns that they're going to interfere with uh, astronomy because they're, I mean, they're they've got hundreds of those planned to be uh, in orbit. Why are we giving yeah. internet to to people? I don't I don't understand yeah. this idea like that giving the internet. Why do, you, why, do, control. Nick, why do they get internet and I don't? <laughs> yeah. Well, you might with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, Elon Musk is is like giving is basically doing the Sam Hyde bit where he wants to give internet to Africans so they can practice JavaScript. <laughs> but you know, Nick Mason in rural wherever uh, can't get internet to do racism. I mean, it's it's a really lopsided victory, I guess. We we got we we got to we got to send Nick Mason to the third world so he can do racist podcasting better. Right. <laughs> We're going to send you to Nigeria, and you can hang out with Andrew Anglin and all the other white nationalist emigres in Africa. And uh, you can pro you probably have like a, a nice high-speed connection there these days. God, it's probably true. <laughs> all right, a couple, couple more biz stories, and we can wrap it up. Uh, this is a Zero Hedge article, so you can make of it what you will, but... Uh, delivery by Skynet. Ford testing headless robots in driverless cars for home delivery. And there's a picture of this uh, headless, two-legged monster None holding of a package. This shit works. None of it <laughs> works. I can't figure out who's getting paid here. Like, I mean, other than the engineers involved, but I none of this works. There's no plan to make it work. Good to know. All right, last one. Uh, Huawei. Uh, quote spent all their resources stealing unquote uh, stunning new expose shows uh, the company that has been under fire by the u.s state department i believe the u.s government at least uh, for becoming a 
backdoor to a lot of uh, U.S. ally countries, um, information networks, uh, because basically Huawei is the low-price leader on the block. If you want telecom equipment, cell phones, routers, switches, whatever it is you need to set up your communications and internet systems, uh, they'll sell it to you, and they'll do it at prices that are much cheaper than you might find from Nokia or Ericsson or Alcatel-Lucent if they're even still alive anymore. Uh, but uh, from just a political standpoint, it's interesting to see the government actually making a move against the Chinese company for once uh, because Huawei is, is one of arguably thousands of Chinese companies that have stolen intellectual property from Western uh, companies over there. And so it's uh, it's interesting to see they're, they're actually making waves uh, and doing something about it. Speaking of uh, speaking of back doors, the Chinese had also this year like had full ownership of Grinder, and they the United uh, our government like committee the gay that, app. Yeah, no, like like I, I actually did uh, yeah. a story about the this. Like, gay I, app. yeah, well, like, they <laughs> what happened was is that the um the we have we have we apparently have a committee that's supposed to like you know have oversight on this stuff. I assume that's just where the bribes go. That's where the bribes are supposed to go. Well, they are now making China sell Grinder back now because they yeah. they, disco- they discovered <laughs> that uh, that the Chinese have have the access to all the uh, all Booty the jokes, private data. Uh, yeah, they have the access to door. This is meant to be like, oh, you can't just buy up all the mines. All the blackmail. <laughs> You know, su- exactly. that supply critical war materials. Graham, you can't you build. You can't buy up all of your uh, your tank factories or something. But it's like, yeah, Grinder is now officially a strategic resource, <laughs> according to the United States federal government. That's what we chi- the, well, the, the America doesn't want all our CIA agents to be compromised. So yeah. uh, that's yeah. the reason. Why. And our Republican Party politicians. Yes. <laughs> yeah, all the log cabin Republicans just got doxxed by China. <laughs> Well, they already uh, got them via OPM leaks. Oh, that's right, yeah. So they already know who's gay. Um, I don't know if they need to disclose that anymore. Next month. Let's do it. Okay, June. June. All right, just uh, I'm going to just spit out whatever's in front of me. So uh, I mentioned this before, but uh, Tucker had him on, uh, another great journalist out there on our side for once. I had on the guy that had, um, at, he was at, at, at Pinterest and he was leaking information to Project Veritas about the fact that Pinterest was uh, actively banning uh, pro-life groups on their their uh, website and or their app, however you want to call it. And then eventually Pinterest found out that he was doing that, that they banned this group and then he got fired for it. And so he's come out publicly uh, that this is this is what they're doing to people who are of a conservative bent. Um, I think I had one more story on the abortion front. And then I think Alyssa Milano is floating around here somewhere this year. But uh, this month uh, in June, Miley Cyrus uh, posed for a photo in front of a cake with her uh, mouth agape, licking the top of the frosting of the cake. Uh, And the cake reads, abortion is health care. So I don't know if we want to talk about abortion, but it's just like the 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 shamelessness of this stuff that that's pretty dark. Well, all the, uh, yeah, it is like it is it is like Malachian. Like yeah. it, it is well, it, it's, no, it's it not Malachian. It's it's literally it, no. This is like literally child sacrifice. Yeah. This is the uh, 
I, I believe, uh, I don't know which month it was, but I believe this was the uh, the year of the Ralph Northam, uh, uh, you know, we have the yes. baby and we have a decision about whether to kill it or not. Yes, so, that right. was the that In was uh, Virginia or North Carolina yep. or somewhere Virginia. around there? Yeah, Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. yeah, that was disgusting. That was disturbing. Cause I, yeah, because that, like... really, that was actually really early because like that's what um, like uh, Alex Jones was freaking out yeah. about uh, that. Rogan. Show. So yeah. it was on. It was in February. That's right. I just pulled it. It happened like it happened at the beginning of February this year. Yeah, and that was that was um, it was right around the time where the uh he and the, he's still in office. He beat it by like not capitulating. That's what what well we know conservatives are meant to lose. But yeah, I mean like I, I can't we had, it was in that cusp period as well. But I think it was earlier this year where you had the that same governor. Who got caught having worn blackface when he was mm-hmm. uh, in college, and uh, he just, just just ignored it basically, and he's still in office. Well, uh, blackface was a big winner for this year. Yeah, who, yeah, uh, I saw a picture of Ted Danson uh, wearing it too. Justin Trudeau, yeah. Justin Trudeau, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> outed as a uh, internet racist. That, that, that <laughs> was that was that was interesting. Well, he, I mean, like, he was a drama teacher. We all, we all, like, those who knew, knew he was an oven man. <laughs> well, well, his funniest, the funniest thing that came from that was some very smart reporter in Canada asked, are there more pictures? And his <laughs> response said, was, I can, I can neither uh, confirm nor deny yeah. if there are other pictures. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Titus's, Titus's phone is blowing up as uh, he asks him to delete all the tales from the trough episodes. <laughs> <laughs> not confirm or deny if I know Justin uh, and if he's ever uh, did a bit for tales from the trough. I will not. Uh, I will not ever he's, answer that. <laughs> he, he, he's the one who's doing the crypt keeper voice. <laughs> <laughs> but he does a oh wicked ollie God. on the slopes, right, guys? <laughs> Snowboarding. <laughs> But he's prime minister. Um, clearly, qualification for that. Uh, all right. So I got another story uh, from the Project Veritas group. Uh, James O'Keefe. Uh, he did a, a pretty. Uh, he got. I don't know who these people are at this point. I don't know how people at Google are even allowed to talk about uh, what the company does internally outside of the offices. It's amazing to me. But he keeps getting these undercover videos. And the big one this year, I think, was of this woman called Jen Janai. And her job is, God knows what, anti-racism or something, who knows, some fluff position. But uh, she was talking basically about how they need, as Google, they need to, one, not be broken up because if they were broken up, they couldn't do what they do. And the second point was what they do is effectively manipulate search results, uh, censor people, shadow ban them, outright ban them uh, from the political platform or the, the public forum on their on their platform uh, for talking about conservative or right-wing things uh, in her words because she can't allow or they can't allow what happened in 2016 to happen again in 2020. I mean, she's explicitly talking about the very, very high uh, political bias at Google, and that was caught uh, by one of my favorite journalists these days. I guess it's between O'Keefe and Tucker and probably a couple others, but uh, doing, doing good stuff. Assange, I guess, is probably the... Babe Ruth, but unfortunately he's um, he's been zogged. So we uh, we hope he he makes it out um, as best huh. he can. A lot of just you know, real quick, the the bannings continue. Varg was was exterminated from YouTube. I'd gotten into Varg uh, a couple years ago, actually, because of Nick. 
uh, I was I was I was a pretty big fan. He's a survivalist uh, kind of guy, who his background is very dark. Uh, musician. He ended up killing his band member uh, for whatever reason. But he ended up spending no, time no, no, in no, jail. Right, no. Oh, I'm glad you're back. Go ahead and clarify. Never mind. He's not. Nice. <laughs> Taco Bell. I, I, I had other I, I, other ideas. I actually. I actually, I, one of my episodes that I, of the pause button I did this year was about... Wait, was it about yeah, it was about Yeah, we didn't get any of that, Nick. <laughs> I'm just not cutting this out. Uh, yeah. uh, well, it's top, I drove you. I was headed home. Well, towards home, and I got... <laughs> <laughs> the point where... Lost to the void. Yeah, it's not working, is it? No, it's not. Call Elon Musk. Get his Skylink. <laughs> <laughs> Is that... But yeah, no, I end up doing you do, it. You should do for the outro. <laughs> <laughs> this is what actually is what it's about? like for the past six months, put guys. Down, I've put had down to cut the a lot magic of this out, but we're just going to play it this time. Figure out your Wi-Fi. Fuck. <laughs> Stop doing errands. We're doing a recording. Just sit in front of for God's sakes. God damn it. Not that hard. All right. All right. Well, if you can't, if you can't finish one sentence, you've lost your speaking privileges until you can't. Okay, Nick. So we got to move on. The show must move on. All right. Um, Drudge reports uh, 1,072,000 illegals this year. And this is in June. So that's the halfway point, roughly. So 2 million if you're extrapolating have flooded into the United States. I mean, I just, what? This is not a country. This no. is this is some bizarre self-immolating empire. And uh, oh, and this was from another month, but I have to mention the uh, there was a Marine Corps commandant. Uh, and I've always said, put the frigging military on the southern border. I don't give a damn about Syria. I don't give a damn about Afghanistan. I don't give a damn about Sudan or whatever country you're going to blow up next. Put them on the country that borders the United States that is flooding us and invading us. How about that for once? Defend the country, please. And the, the Marine Corps commandant came out. I don't have the name in front of me, but he basically said that it is a sec- too, too high a security risk to have the U.S. military, the Marine Corps at least in particular, on the southern border. Why? I don't know. I've never seen... Well, it could, a, uh, it could interfere with our training missions in Nigeria. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. We it could interfere with the CIA's uh, drug smuggling operation in the yeah. United States. Yeah. That, I mean, they might actually reason. have to do some fighting for once. Yes. Maybe that's what they're worried about. Hey, mean, well, the cartel, yeah. if, if the cartel has proven anything this year, is that uh, they're pretty formidable fighters. Certainly yeah. can beat the uh, Mexican army. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Landry, I think, wrote an article uh, this year on the American Sun about what to do about the cartels. And he basically said, like, if we were serious, we, we could just send in a couple of B-1B bombers and knock out their headquarters uh, without, you know, a, a retaliation. I mean, I, the fact that this organization operates with impunity or operates with the cooperation of yeah. the deep state is it tells you all you need to know about well, the military. America's. America's had punitive expeditions into Mexico before, like, and that term punitive expedition, like mm-hmm. it, it was like it a national time for a while. Yeah. 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 So like, yeah, if, if, you know, it isn't a question of, of opportunity. It's a question of, of will. And there's absolutely none to be had. So it's just not going to happen. It's, these are, these are issues that can be solved with relative ease. And, uh, the fact that they're not being solved and, Nothing, and the fact that they're not even being discussed is, you know, 
just shows you how bad the situation is in Washington. Well, I have yeah. another story in that vein. Uh, this one from Anatoly Carlin. We're hey, Anatoly. Anatoly Carlin, a great writer for uh, Unz Review. Um, USG unleashes gamer genocide on Iran. Uh, huh? Basically, uh, U.S. United States government banned League of Legends in Iran and Syria. How do they do uh, that in a foreign country? Oh, they don't allow players to connect to the server? Yes. That, oh, okay. Yeah, they don't allow players to connect. Various other means, but yeah. Why? <laughs> this, Are they gathering know, intel some, on League uh, of Legends about the, the U.S.? part of the recent sanctions that were imposed earlier this year on both countries. Uh, this, is one of the, this is one of the means by which... It's uh, Shadow War is we ban gamers. Well, I don't know why they did that, but uh, I have a, a, a related story that has nothing to do with uh, the year of 2019 or anything. But it, I remember watching this. Initially, I liked it, but it got very cringe because of my understanding of the anti-Russian narrative as uh, time went on. But there was a show on Netflix called Occupied uh, about the... Norway being invaded by Russians and being taken over. And one of the, uh, oh. the plots in one of the seasons was that the prime minister who was in exile uh, in Sweden, basically, was uh, planning an uprising against the Russians via a in-game character avatar in one of these types of uh, shooting games or something. And he was meeting up with uh, other dissidents on this platform to do that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That was also a plot point in the first season of Jack Ryan. Where oh. the, the the Islamic terror networks use like a a video game from France. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that could be what they're doing. I don't know if that's yeah, actually happening. Maybe that's what's going on. I yeah. don't know. I have no idea why they care otherwise. Uh, all right, I got a couple. Okay, we were about to oh. talk about Burzum. Oh, is that uh, that that's hard stuff? You, 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 yeah, he wants to talk about Bard. Oh, well, go ahead if you, if your connection's holding up. Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to talk about. There's a well. There's a really good Burzum song called "Feeble Screams from Forests Unknown." I kind of feel that way right now. <laughs> it's a very Vark title. Um, yeah, he will be missed. I think he kind of just gave up. Like he, he's sick of it. I think he's not even on Bitchute anymore. Um, but he's working on his family. And, oh, he's on, he's on he's on Twitter. Yeah, he's back on Twitter. He's oh, really? on Twitter pretending to be Gandalf. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. He wears the hat well. Let me tell you, man. I've never seen a man in a, a witch's hat rock it so well. Yeah. yeah one, one of the most criminal things about about the movie Lords of Chaos, which was which was a terrible movie, but uh, and I, I said this on the episode I did because like I tried to be as fair as like as possible with with Varg. It's like the one is like they really just like it was a character assassination on him because he's nothing. Like even I can't. I, Varg, for whatever you might think of him, ha like has a bit of a of a humorous charisma to him. He's like, puckish. Yeah, yeah, he's very puckish is a great way of putting it. That is a great way of putting it. Varg is very puckish, and they they just I don't know. Like it, it's like it, it really just is a, is it's annoying that they engage in like these kind of character assassinations where like you can he's he's a bit of a weird spurky guy, but like I almost kind of appreciate the way he goes about it. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Uh, so yeah, if anybody hasn't hasn't checked out Varg, check out his archives because they're they're pretty choice about. Uh, more importantly, listen to Burzum, especially now that winter's here. Yes. I, I love nothing more than than black metal in the winter. I mean, no. it's like a, it's the music of the forest. It's the music of a <laughs> yeah, frozen primeval forest. I also, well, while I'm on that, I recommend the band Walnut. 
like walnut? w-a-l-k-n-u-t oh. uh no oh walk nut. and uh of course of course dark throne um emperor bathory uh oh uh, hate forest if you can find hate forest <laughs> these names oh my god yeah. well it will hate Hate Forest is is unironically National Socialist Black Metal. So oh, okay. It's it's hard it's hard to find. You can't get it on Apple Music. Well, you can still get Burzum on Apple Music, uh, hmm. but uh, you can't get Hate Forest, which uh, mm. kind of upsetting. Sad. But the Walknut Wal- album, uh, Gray Forest and Their Shadows, big big recommend. Cool. All right, I got a econ story to wrap out June. A couple of them actually. Um, so Hans, I think you you know more about this than perhaps uh, the rest of us. Deutsche Bank uh, is launching a 50 billion euro uh, bad bank housing billions in toxic derivatives. Uh, this was in June. So any comments on Deutsche Bank and the state of the largest uh, bank in, I, I believe in Europe, but if not uh, uh, Europe, uh, in Germany <clears throat> at least. I've been pretending to follow the collapse of Deutsche Bank for like four years now. Yeah, it hasn't happened. It's yet. always it's always seems like it's around the corner, and then they find some way to stave it off. Well, they're kind I of think too big that, to fail, aren't they? Like yeah, the whole eurozone would fall apart. I don't apart. think there will ever be. Yeah. there will yeah. never be like a Deutsche Bank crisis the way I think a lot of people at one point thought. Although you know, you can easily get fooled into this if you read Zero Hedge every yeah, week, of course, because <laughs> every week there's another there's another Deutsche Bank Depending story. Collapse. That, <laughs> right, right. So. <clears throat> It, it seems like just a larger part of the plan in Germany, which is just to slowly stabilize their financial system. And, uh, you know, it'll it'll probably cause the rest of Europe to sustain serious institutional problems over the long haul. But, you know, the, the, the real plan there is to basically take Deutsche Bank's bad assets, find various ways of refinancing them with European capital, and then you know, preserving German economic stability. That's all. That's Honestly, all I would not be surprised if they're like the, the existence of the euro as a multinational physical currency gives rise to, I think, a completely reasonable possibility that there's just a couple of printing presses, God only knows where, that are just churning out uh, 100 euro bills uh, for uh, recapitalizing favored mm-hmm. institutions. Well, they do. I don't think there will ever be an explicit bailout of these kinds of, I mean, Deutsche Bank might as well be like the German central bank. It's, yeah. it, it's yeah, effectively it's already, like it's the financial sector of Europe. It, yeah. I mean, there'll never be like a very public singular moment where it gets bailed out. It's already been, sort of ingratiated into the German banking system to the point where it it is bailed out. And now, you know, it, it in order for Germany to continue to function, it needs Deutsche Bank to remain stable and vice versa. So it, you know, it functions like an arm of the government at this point. And uh, I don't I don't really put much faith anymore in like economic collapse or banking yeah. collapse predilections because they they're never they're not gonna happen. And let something, unless something catastrophic, truly catastrophic happens, they're not going to happen because I would say that. Uh, well, the governments are captured by the yeah, banks, the, the, and they're not the going to allow of the them. The world looked at what happened in 2008 and said, you know, we almost really lost everything there. 
And they've found various ways of basically ensuring that there will never be another singular moment where it falls apart, but it'll slowly dilapidate the standard of living for everyone as they, you know, slowly recapitalize all these bad assets over the course of a hundred years or whatever the fuck they're doing. Well, that's what the Dodd-Frank bill does in the United States. Yeah. Isn't that that right? Where it's the Fed just automatically bails out banks whenever there's a well, it, it's a little bit more there's a huge yeah. amount of machinery that goes into covering up the actual flow of money involved like if you just like sit down and try to a understand how the fed is interfering in the repurchase agreement market like right now why they claim to be doing that and what the actual intent of that is and then try to explain that to somebody else it it takes like multiple hours it, it's just yeah. impossible someone who's someone who's really good on this and someone who I would genuinely recommend and he is on the left but he's someone who is very very intelligent well spoken Matt, Matt Dylan Tibi? Radigan oh no uh, Dylan Radigan okay. uh, I would uh highly highly recommend he was uh uh, a market watch guy on like Bloomberg. He had a show on MSC and got fired over what he was saying during the uh, 2008 collapse. Hmm. He has his own uh, YouTube stuff. Highly recommend looking into him. Okay. But basically, you know, Titus, I think basically Titus has read about Dodd Frank. And the other thing with Dodd Frank is that uh, it's been something that's been attributed to Dodd Frank uh, is this chilling effect on bank chartering. And that we actually have very few new banks being chartered in the United States, which is sort of unprecedented. Uh, we're sort of at stagnant bank growth. We're just stuck with the same banks as some of them slowly uh, get merged into larger ones over time. Um, and that has a lot to do with the fact that the capital requirements are so much more stringent. The chartering requirements are so much more stringent. The, the regulations are so insanely difficult to constantly deal with now. Uh, it, it's it's basically like a permanent malaise of banking, uh, which is why it's become, you know, it's still one of these sectors where you can make a ton of money because there's no real dynamic change to it. It's not like uh, manufacturing where you can easily get wiped out and your whole town goes away. It, it's going to be a part of your life forever from now on, uh, which is kind of sad. But hmm. yeah, I... You know, going forward, I, I really wouldn't put any faith in, like, banking failure predilections. I think that it'll probably never happen again the way it's happened before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the Fed wrote, wrote the book on how to bail out. Uh, what'd you guys say? And, and that's why for people, because, like, I got cause I got into, like, the collapse stuff this year. Um, but that part of the whole graph Twitter collapse, so that's why, like, we tell people, like, don't, like, like they're going to do everything well, they that's can. That's about research that. depletion mainly i mean that, yeah that's, well there's there's a, there's, a number, there's a number of things that, like so like what we tell people like don't like be focused like because they, they're going to do whatever they i mean like if we're studying this stuff they study this stuff too the best way to kind of like kind of follow these things is uh really just like take it take it from like a spanglerian resource perspective and just see how things are going year to year don't expect some kind of weimar hyperinflation which, which isn't even what brought the national socialist to power in the first place the, the hyperinflation had already been dealt with by the time they had gotten into power. That, that's right. Yeah, no, it was the Great Depression, um, from what I know. But, um, all right, let's wrap up June. So if you guys care about this, I don't know. I, I don't know anybody who uses it, um, let alone Facebook as a whole, for the most part. Most people I know don't use it. But uh, Facebook reveals its new 
crypto coin, uh, Libra. And then somebody was making fun of it because it literally looks like the snake from the Garden of Eden, or which is representing <laughs> Satan, by the way. Uh, so I don't know. Make of it what you will. But uh, I don't know anything about it other than I would never use a Facebook product to handle my money. Yeah, it gets, so, it got it's no, called, no it's called Libra. Libra. Yeah. Is, to, that, is that is that the son that uh, where uh, Zuckerberg's uh, clan comes from? Is that the? Well, uh, it's, the uh, <laughs> it's the astrological sign, if nothing else. But. You're thinking of Saturn. Ah, oh, yes. I'm sorry, my mistake. <laughs> Not <Christ>. Neptune. <laughs> All right, July. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think I, I just sorry. I, I just like I was. I decided to look back in 2007. An Earth-like planet was discovered in Libra. I think we know. That's well, Const- constellation I I, Libra, right? Yes. This but is why this is why I make my jokes, fellas, because they they always turn out true. <laughs> oh my god. god, crystal ball! All right, what what happened in July, Adam? All right, uh, according to Nigel Farage, uh, huge congratulations to President Trump on meeting Kim Jong Un at the DMZ. <laughs> he is a far better leader than many thought. What do we make of this? Yeah, like North, North Korea is interesting North. because it's clear that all parties want to make a deal, but the the U.S. is, uh, the Russians have a term for this, not agreement capable, uh, <laughs> which describes usually when you're United dealing States. with some, you know, pissant uh, African country, and it's like, oh, okay, you're the ambassador, but, I mean, by this time tomorrow, there could be a coup. Like your country doesn't have the ability to commit to things, even if it wanted to, and that pretty accurately describes the U.S. Like if yeah. the U.S. makes a foreign policy commitment, well, I mean, a uh, there's an election next year, and uh, that whole thing could get torn up, just like the Iran deal or the Russia situation or anything else. And B, it's completely unclear that Trump actually has control of his own foreign policy apparatus. In fact, I think it's pretty clear that he doesn't have control. So it's like, okay, let's say that I make a deal and then uh, two months later there's some obvious psyop where some uh, you know, South Korean freighter has a chemical weapons attack or something on it. Are, are you willing to call bullshit when your uh, CIA director tells uh, you about the other uh, uh, fake uh, poison gas uh, pictures like they used in the scriptball uh, incident? It's like, well, okay, so maybe go fuck yourself until you get your own house in order. Actually, it's funny that they that what was that phrase they used? Not uh, agreeable. Not, not agreement capable. Right. Oh, right. Right. La- La- Lavrov says I, that about I, the U.S. I have a. I, the funny thing is, I have a similar meme about the United States. I, say, I always say, "Not a serious country." Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I no. think if you run that through uh, Google Translate and back, that's uh, that's pretty spot on. There's an old there's an old uh, sallow forum adage from I think Thomas Triple Seven about this where. The United States basically acts in a way that the rest of the world doesn't really understand. So they'll bomb your country and then they send some kind of smiling, ghoulish figure like uh, Hillary Clinton to show up and talk to you about what you need to do to improve your situation and why you should listen to them. And for most of the world, this, this, this kind of behavior is psychopathic and no one really understands how to quite deal with it because most people in the world are fairly normal and have normal concerns and behave normally. 
So when the you know when American diplomats get involved, it it's always very very provocative. It's always very unclear what exactly is going on because there's always a, a double think. There's always uh, really a game at play that you probably don't want to be part of. And for most uh, negotiators on the other end, they've realized that the best course of action is just to never agree to anything with the United States and just to kind of continue to do your own thing and, you know, prepare for the worst because doing a deal will only put you in a worse situation. They behave that way for the domestic Quan audience and people don't understand because they don't understand Quans. <laughs> Ameriquans. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I mean, like people understand power. I mean, everyone like who's, the people on the other end of this understand power and violence and imperialism, but they don't understand to the extent to which the American people believe this bullshit about human rights and dignity and right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it is, it is a parlor trick. Um, that's not trying to fool the, or the American people. Yeah. They're not trying to really fool the victims of this. They're just, uh, they're just putting on a show for back at home. And for themselves as well. I mean, because you can't, I mean, not, I, I would always be, I think we would, we would be surprised by the level of absolute sort of delusion that fills the corridors of Washington, D.C. I, I don't, I'm not someone who thinks that, you know, the CIA is run just by cynical sociopaths. I think there's a lot of genuine uh, delusion, which makes it all the more tragic in a way. Yeah, well, they have a lot of Mormons working there. So yeah, yeah, and and they used to be a Catholic institution as well. Right, Catholics in action. Yeah, that's what Steve Pajano calls it. The NGOs, the I proxies, are full of those types. Yeah, who do believe it? Speaking of believing or not believing, uh, this was July. I think was when the big Epstein story broke, and we have to give credit to Mike Cernovich somehow for breaking or getting access it, through it was, uh, FOIA he, was doing or something. Self, he was doing a self-aggrandizing thing against one of epstein's victims he's a piece of shit yeah, yeah well shit. that may be true uh but uh let's see mike cernovich won his court case today with the second circuit court of appeals ruling that his lawsuit to unseal documents involving jeffrey epstein dot 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 it trailed off but this is according to his website cernovich.com so maybe it is i think he was trying to defend dershowitz actually from sexual, Whoa. Uh, from like the sexual accusations, if I remember that correctly, because it's it's Cernovich was trying to play it off as he was fighting against like the cover up for Epstein, but in reality he was trying to cover up what uh, the relationship to Dershowitz had with Epstein. If I remember correctly, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, it was some sort of selective unsealing that he was requesting. It was yeah. a little bit unclear. Um, how the maneuvering was going there, but he had some sort of prior relationship with uh, uh, with uh, Dershowitz. Like I think he had some. Uh, I want to say like he was his professor at some point. I don't know if that's accurate. They worked on a movie together too. I think. There. Uh... <laughs> I wonder if they. I wonder if it was a reversal of fortune they worked on together. <sighs> there. Uh, there were a variety of uh, photos leaked. Uh, I believe it to... was. Uh, I believe. If it was an eight millimeter film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there are a bunch of uh, photos released uh, trying to smear certain people, you know, and rightly so, uh, for association with Epstein, uh, Prince Andrew, uh, Clinton, of course. 
and I got one actually from Titus here. Uh, you tweeted out. If you remember who these people are, I, I know who two of them are, but I don't know the middle person. Is. So Titus, it's a picture of uh, Epstein next to some guy with a balding head and then Steven Steven Pinker. Pinker? Is it the Steven Pinker Steven Pinker, Epstein, and then there's a third person. I don't know who this is, but you said you're Uh, at a Chuck E. Cheese with your daughter and three paragons of neoliberalism invite her to the ball pit. What do you do? (laughs) It's a good tweet. I think that's uh, Lawrence... um, He was an economist. uh, Oh, uh, uh, Summers? No, that's not him. No, it's like Knauss. Lawrence... Knauss. I'm going to have to look this up. Uh... He was a professor who was outed as a sex pervert and, and was fired. Yeah, Marvin um, Minsky, speaking of for professors, I mean, how does he get involved in Sex Island? I, you know, the guy's yeah, an AI researcher. Yeah, L- Lawrence uh, uh, Karaus, uh, theoretical physicist and cosmo- uh, cosmologist. Uh, <laughs> Unbelievable. Who, was, who taught at Arizona State University. Yeah, he was... Uh, so w- w- what is this? Just Epstein gets dirt on like influential people, like academics included. Like, is that is that what the, well, the academic so we're gonna, stuff? We're going to get he- to the story of the year with this, I think, because uh, yeah, I mean, we can we can talk about this probably for the rest of the episode. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, I don't mean to do that, but I it is no, a I question don't. that I had about these professors in particular. Like, why are they getting? invites and why are they going to this thing it just seems very odd that some guy who writes journal papers gets invited to some shindig in the bahamas from some billionaire it makes no sense i mean just on the well, face i of mean it. i mean it's that's always been i mean academia has got because of grant money being tied up in so many different things like i was actually reading through when i was doing working on the essay i was reading through alston chase's harvard and the unabomber and at one point he talks about like how deeply the CIA, for instance, was involved with academia to the point that the CIA actually lost track of how many professors mm. were their assets because it was literally in the thousands. They had compl- right. they couldn't they couldn't even remember or keep track of how many professors actually were working. Yeah, for them. it's not uncommon for professors to spend like a third to a half of their time dealing with grants and administrative overhead, regardless of the field. So if you and especially in the physical sciences. So if you have somebody who shows up and is like, I would like to write you a check with no formal strings attached, come to my island and we'll talk about it, and you can tell me about your research, you're going to take them up on that. that I mean, that's – I don't – that's because this has been come, – that's come up on like in our thing because like um, – J.F. Garapi, who mm-hmm. the, the YouTuber, like he, his channel started as something that Epstein yeah. had like put money into, and like and the channel yeah, it was, like was some kind the, of a science education yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't it, the show. The show originally wasn't like just his own show. Like he basically got, as I understand it, he basically got in tr- and got a hold of the YouTube account, and then it transitioned to basically being just his YouTube channel. But because like if you look at like the oldest videos, you'll see like it was like some kind of weird educational show he was sometimes on. But yeah, that's that, that all came from like Epstein money, like seed money to begin with. Like it's uh, the the level at which the like these um, intelligent assets with money are involved in academia all over the world is actually quite frightening. Yeah. Well, it's it's nurturing connections. It's it's making yeah. yourself. Well, this shouldn't be surprising to listeners of the program. I mean, this is like we've talked about this stuff a lot before. I mean, this is where this is where the, the beginnings of the OSS and CIA yes. were is in academia. Yep. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Uh, it's just the Marvin Minsky went through through me for a wrench because it was like he just he's a computer scientist 
and it has nothing to do really with uh, political science or psychology even, like Pinker. Well, maybe he's just a pervert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, probably. Um, all right, I got one more kind of funny uh, story about the CIA, although I wish him well. I hope it's not serious. But uh, John McAfee, who has married a, uh African-American lady, uh, is posing on the back of his yacht somewhere in the world uh, holding a couple of shotguns or one shotgun and one assault rifle, if I can make that out. Uh, the CIA has attempted to collect us. We are now at sea and we'll report more soon. I'll continue to be dark for the next few days. John McCaffrey is the uh, McCaffrey, sorry, John, John McCaffrey is like the last charming libertarian. Yeah, the last libertarian that I actually like. He's yeah. funny. He, because he was, he's yeah. open about being a sex pervert. Yes. <laughs> yes. The problem always comes from the lying. Yes. If you can just be like, yeah, I'm going to be sailing around the Caribbean doing mountains of cocaine and banging I'm, anything I'm I can uh, I can get on board, then uh, then you're good to go. There's yeah. a there's some circumstantial evidence as well because like when um when the island stuff with with Epstein was going like so, somebody who went by the name Rusty Shackelford had uh, taken a drone oh, yeah. flying yes. around flying around the island looking at stuff we got like the first kind of like bit of a look inside the weird temple that's uh, uh, on there and there is circumstantial evidence that might have been John McAfee doing that. Yeah. Big, that's, it's true. That's wild. Um, quickly, uh, remember the Covington Catholic. Uh, case where the guy who was smiling at the American Indian yep. got uh, accused of being a hater. Uh, he sued the Washington Post for basically smearing his character, and the case was dismissed in July. Um, um, it, was, uh, it was resurrected, actually, yeah. uh, recently. Mm. And against yeah. CNN as well. Uh, that's actually that's that lawsuit has moved forward. Yeah, uh, there's, the there's yeah they did they did lose on one part, but like I, once again because like they they do this as like a, like they know like nuanced stuff like is it's meant to like demoralize you. Uh, yeah, like it's there's like so many constituent parts to the lawsuit. It's managing to to move on to future stages. I think some parts of it might have been like have failed. Um, I don't know if it was like an appeal that brought it back yeah, or what, it, but. Yeah, there there are like you know twelve statements or whatever that he alleged were uh, defamatory um, or whatever the term of art is, and the court said that like three or something of them uh, could proceed after they appealed the original uh, decision. So I believe it goes to like the important thing with all of these libel suits uh, is to make sure it goes to discovery. Because, and th I mean, this works both ways. This is uh, something that the SPLC is very uh, aggressive oh, yeah. about. Um, because discovery is when you get to prowl through all of the emails where you get to find the, uh, the, noxious, uh, the noxious interns and whatever talking about how, oh, look at this smug white kid. We need to uh, make an example of him, et cetera, et cetera, which yeah. is how you do things like prove actual malice and that they knew that the allegations were you know fault what, what is it false but accurate or something uh whatever the verbiage is it's, oh it speaks to a larger truth the the most interesting thing of that whole uh, ordeal to me was like the 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 kind of media and cultural power that our circles can still kind of pull because when I remember like when that stuff was happening, like the, the narrative was so overwhelmingly against these kids that the conservatives had immediately surrendered. They weren't even trying to do like, to be like the, um, 
you know, the controlled opposition <laughs> in that case, they just went right along with Yeah, it. Shapiro and, was, and Kirk. Yeah, were, uh, and, and it was like, it was literally like our guys. Like it was it was shit posters. It was people with like who had a little bit of a media platform. It was alt light. It was, it was a whole like everyone from like our kind of like extended milieu like that were pushing back aggressively and just going after these people in mentions and in replies until we were no, until like these narratives and our counter arguments were noticed by bigger media platform bigger conservative platforms that would that had a little bit more of a of a desire to try and maybe push back on this i mean we, we were able to push that back and because of what a blood libel that was like this is actually where the start of the groiper war is kind of like this is where it got its beginning because before the stuff happened in uh, starting in like October, November, there were some things that happened around. I think it was um, well, it would have been after when the when the when this whole thing happened. But there was a there was a tour that uh, Kirk had been doing, and him going after those kids and agreeing with the mob was brought up constantly at yeah. these Q and As. It was that was that was really the genesis. That was the first inkling. It's like, hey, maybe guys should start going to these things to just start asking Kirk tough questions. Yeah, I don't even know if they're doing those anymore. They just gave up. Well, it's 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 winter. It's winter time right now, so it's like we'll see what happens come next year once the uh, once it's spring. Like it's it's holidays, so there's not. But it, they are definitely going to be looking at uh, like I mean like there's a lot going on with the Groiper Wars, and they've definitely gotten this. Uh, you know, the conservative ink has is. Well, I mean, they've already started the hit, the hit piece after hit piece on this stuff, so I don't know how they're going to handle yeah. these uh, these college tours now. But they're not going to back down; they're just going to try and pivot in a different way. Well, they've way. invested so much in Candace Owens, Charlie Kirk, uh, Eye Patch Clops, dude. Um, just yeah, it's it's like they had. I remember when uh, Cyclops showed up the first time that I noticed him. He was actually being made fun of on SNL by this really degenerate dude who was uh dating uh, miley Pete cyrus Davidson. or some singer i don't remember who it was but um Pete he, Davidson, yeah. yeah there you go and and then he had him on actually the the um crenshaw came on snl to kind of challenge and surprise davidson and they basically sucked up to him and kissed his ass and so that to well, me yeah. was the sign that snl is behind this guy and if snl yep. is behind him you know who is behind him and the establishment yeah. and all those people. That whole thing was astro- that whole thing was astroturfed. Like that was like the whole outrage he, against that was astroturfed. Go ahead, jump in. Yeah, no, he's he's the uh, the appointed uh, successor of of you know John McCain. McCain. He's, McCain yeah. he's yeah, he's the the Zionist tool that uh, yeah. we'll, we're gonna have to keep our eye, or yeah. at least at least one eye on <laughs> to match his. Well, so. the, the, what's, uh, what's behind what's behind that eye uh, that eye patch is uh, we're, we we've got it down to one of two things. We're not exactly sure which one it is. It's either a philosopher's stone that it was that was forged <laughs> from the from all the people who were murdered in the Iraq War, and it was John McCain's sacrifice that helped create that philosopher's stone or it is actually the soul of john mccain itself in order to prevent him from being sent to hell it's, so at john, least it's john mccain's tumor that's what it is oh okay <laughs> that's that was actually the, the tumor the tumor didn't die just the host did so you know, but are, uh, isn't, we'll the tumor, isn't, isn't the tumor the the hero though so is that <laughs> is that is that, is that it'll is that be like, is it's, it the tumor's prison, basically? The tumor's been in prison? It, it'll be like, like a, the bizarre psychic growth in Total Recall. Right. Quaid. You know what it is? It's an, Open it's your an mind. Egg. It's an egg. 
it's an egg that's yeah. that contains the clone <laughs> of John McCain. And he's he's basically this is he's incubating is, it. Yeah, he's incubating it right now. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the military incubates for uh, generation plus two or so when they start putting these people in Congress. But according to Washington Times, the military eyes 16-year-olds as ranks and candidates dwindle for their new recruits. And they're going to they're gonna have a bad time when they see how the Zoomers feel about things. Well, the picture shows, um, let's see, a Hispanic guy, a Chinese guy, uh, some questionable jungle Asian, uh, some Korean-looking dude, uh, a white dude, and then a white girl. So we got one guy, white guy. Will will we ever get to the point where like the only white people in the U.S. military are white women, aren't, like aren't uh, tra- trannies? But I guess gay is a race, so that might not. No, be. I think people of color. Also, yeah. well, you, you're gonna see, what you're gonna see, and it's not for nothing that I call them trannies. What you're gonna see, because like, and you've already seen this like increase very, very uh, precipitously. Like the officer class is going to be black women and trannies. Like that's yeah. what it's going to be. Yeah. Just like the DMV. Mm-hmm. Mm. Let's see. Uh, okay. The DMV MIC. <laughs> oh, man. The deep state gets thicker and fatter. Let's see. And sassier. And sassier. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Uh, a few business stories. Then maybe we can wrap it up. Um, well, I'll start off with this one because I'm not sure if this is business or media. It's sort of both. Uh, the phrase Bond Girl is now banned on the set of the upcoming or it's, I don't know if it's already out. Bond movie with uh, what's his face? Uh, the blonde Craig, Bond. Craig, Daniel Craig. Craig. Yeah, there you this go. This will be his last one, I believe. So, yeah, I don't know if they're going to actually put Idris Elba in there, but they've been talking about that for years. The black It's only guy. a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, so. could be. Uh, so that's that's that uh, the media sphere. So I promised I'd do some quick uh, business stories here. Uh, not just Alexa, Google employees eavesdropping on people via smart speakers. So employees now are actually listening into your Google Home devices, Nest, whatever else they got you running. Okay, Amazon is giving workers a chance to learn to code before robots take their jobs. So I guess they're letting them learn how to use AWS if they basically pick up boxes all day. I just, I don't know. I don't see it. I'm sorry. Uh, Hans, if you're still there, you you uh, know a little bit about AWS, but do you see it? No. <laughs> right. Uh, I think it's for the press release. Yeah, it's it's just, it's bullshit. I mean, there, there was actually a really interesting story that I read a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't, I can't remember it where I have it off the top of my head. I might just, I'll send you the link afterwards. But it was a really in-depth story on Baltimore and uh, Amazon's presence in Baltimore. And I think that they were trying to do a similar thing where they were looking at their sort of low rank and file logistics workers and their warehouse workers and administrative staff and so on and determining if they could uh, make them into AWS employees or they could bring them into, you know, uh, more professional roles than Amazon. And it's it's had, like, no success. And I you know, I actually tweeted about this earlier this week. Uh, I was in Amazon offices uh, throughout the week. And, um, you know, I, I got to tell you that uh, I don't really see any, like, 
rank and file Americans who worked their way up and then became coders or became AWS administrators or anything like that. It's entirely H-1Bs involved that work at Amazon uh, and people that send their employees to go talk to Amazon. Uh, it, it is. It had to have been at least 70% Indian by the time I was done there. Um, and they all had thick accents. Um, it, it, you know, several people who were obviously Chinese, a uh, few people that were Euros. There were a couple like Europeans that were um, very autistic and annoying. Um, and I think like maybe two or three normal Americans, and I think I was the only white man in the room who was a normal American that had anything to do with either Amazon or with, uh, you know, my employer had something to do with Amazon. So I don't really ever see that happening. It, it, it'll probably never happen. And it's just one of these ways that they assuage lawmakers and assuage the punditry class into believing that they're addressing these concerns, but they they are very obviously have no interest in in uh, addressing these concerns, and will just uh, continue full throttle with the uh, the importation process. Yeah, yeah, well, it's about money, and if they're going to get, and I got I got to tell people, you that the, the dumbest people in the room were a hundred like there were a lot of Indians in the room, but the people in the room that struck me as just the dumbest were the Europeans. They they were so incredibly dumb. They didn't really seem to understand anything of what was going on didn't have an original thought in their head, really seemed very antisocial. Um, so even like the European, you know, immigrant class we get is very, very uh, poor. And they're not uh, not poor monetarily, but poor in quality. So well, this, I, is, this is something that these companies obscure in their hiring statistics. They're always very careful to release uh, the breakout as like, white, black, Asian, etc. Uh, but if you look at that white fraction, uh, H-1Bs aren't all Indians and Chinese. Uh, there's a lot of uh, Europeans in America on H-1B as well. Well, I guess that's some good news. So uh, going back to bad news, sorry. Uh, Volvo CEO says company may leave Sweden partly due to the rise in violent crime. And this is around uh, Gothenburg or Göteborg, as they'd say in Swedish, uh, in particular where Volvo is, I guess, headquartered. So we'll see if that happens. I don't know if they'd actually do that, but shit's getting real there, man. All right, uh, last one on the business side. Most of these are, are from Zero Hedge. Uh, pod life costs millennials $1,200 per month to live in San Francisco or California, like, as it's saying. It's Pod life just is this not a bed. good I, It's not a good deal. No. There like, was that there was that pod thing, like the bunk thing in uh, LA. And I remember a couple of us looked into it and it's literally like this uh, like twenty nine year old child of, of a Jewish woman. Yeah, I'm my my dad was from Russia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, and so and she was basically like charging people fifteen hundred dollars a month or some insane thing to live in a bunk bed. Yeah, in like yeah. a former I, warehouse. I'm, I'm not going to name names, but I happen to know that this yeah. pattern of Jews uh, basically getting some kind of like weird sideways deal where they they 
come in on a, on a leaned on property to get basically this, this property in places like San Francisco or San Jose or something, Silicon Valley. Uh, and then they will rent it out to aspiring entrepreneurs and coders, uh, like I'll call it like uh, hacker houses or something. And that, that's a, that's the thing. I've, I've was it, wasn't this. that the whole, uh, we work, uh, situation kind of, uh, yeah, kind belly of, yeah. Dop, same, same sort thing. Of. Like, an actual is they have we of, live now yes. where people are living next to their desk or something well, it's really the, the dystopian. Funniest thing just live in a van for the money it's a terrible deal like just live in a van the, the best thing about the we work drama was i remember there was a wall street journal story that was talking about how adam newman was using uh, uh talmudic numerology yes. to discern the exact figures for various business deals so when he was like looking at a financial loan he chose a specific number that had significance within Talmudic numerology just because. Is that how and he got $40 million for selling to his own company, mind you, uh, the letters W and E, we? Yeah, yeah there, there, was, there, was, there was so much shady stuff at play, and it was almost comical. And I never thought I would see Talmudic numerology being discussed in the Wall Street Journal, but... <laughs> You know, this year has been such a wild ride that it actually happened. Mm-hmm. It re- you know, it really did happen. When you're making the Wall Street Journal anti-Semitic, you know you've really overstepped your bounds. So, all right, August. We're in the uh, the last third of the stretch. If we can make oh, it this far, this we is, can this make is the it month the that define the it. year, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got a story. So, I'm still looking through my notes here. So, what's what's I the have, biggest? I one? have the story of the ge- of our generation. Hmm. Bold four plan. words. Four words. Jeffrey Epstein found dead. Yeah. Well, I thought I was, uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. But that's five or six, depending I, on the count. I I was uh, I was screaming when that happened. That was a wild I, morning. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I had a, I had a coworker actually text me that morning. Uh, because I, I, since he was arrested, I sort of became, uh, so, well, since he was arrested again for the second time, I, I sort of been, uh, blabbering about it to, to my coworkers, uh, to the point where, uh, my coworker re- found out the news that he was, that he was dead, uh, before I did. And he texted me. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's the story of the year, uh, story of uh, the decade, I would say, um, yeah. at least a big runner up to it. Yeah, I have two words for that one though. It's fucking habeas corpus. <laughs> what, well, so what was interesting about Epstein being found, quote unquote, found dead was, I think we finally now see uh, how bad things have gotten, and that like the CIA has to do these assassination ops in the most crude way possible where like it just so happens that two of the surveillance cameras are down and one of the guards stepped away for an hour and oopsie the guy who, hung himself in his who cell fa- who, who allegedly found him yeah who who allegedly found well, him one of the guards allegedly found him when he I came see. back <laughs> the guy yeah, like, the, like, the absurdity like, it's like hey the, bro here's uh here's 10 bucks go buy yourself a pack of smokes <laughs> right take a walk buddy you've earned it like the the abject absurdity of the whole affair and then you know the just every bit of evidence and every bit of 
missing evidence that you would expect to be there. It's like you really don't have a lot of uh, don't have a lot of concern for the value of your own credibility there. It would have been pretty easy to say, like, I mean, if you're William Barr, I mean, hypothetically, you could just go out there and be like, yeah, you know, we suspect a conspiracy linked to uh, insert political enemy here. Like, I mean, that that's how you would do this in an actual, you know, something that purported to be a junta. But instead we get like, oh, yeah, well, we're probably going to indict the guards because they, you know, they were slacking off on the job, which means their logbooks were fake. Yeah. Yeah, it, to, to me, it became very obvious that uh, this guy was going to get whacked when he was denied bail. And well, when he when he was found in his uh, room in the fetal position like a month earlier, you know, yeah. that, was, that was the clear indicator that, oh, you know, they tried to kill him and he survived. I, I'm not sure well, he's I dead, also, guys. I, I also think that, uh, that there was there are a couple of stories that came out. Yeah, neither am I. His, yeah. it was, his lawyer came out and said that he wasn't having suicidal thoughts and he yeah. was actively working on a new defense with his lawyer like two days prior. Or something, you know, to that effect. You know, even his lawyer came out and basically said, uh, you know, this guy didn't express any suicidal thoughts that I know of. It, to, you know, it, it really shows uh, how bad things are getting. And um, I think that we've accident we've accidentally stumbled upon a really critical nexus of how. The world really works. Yeah. And this guy, um, who is sort of a, a fake billionaire, um, it was made a billionaire just so he could play a part, really. Yeah, but he has he has wealth that money can't buy. Right, exactly. Uh, he, he was made a billionaire as like a cover identity, effectively. And this guy happens to be, a, like, you know, at the centerpiece of every kind of conspiracy you can imagine yeah uh you know everything from you know zionism to pedo you know pedophilia to democratic party uh corruption to republican party corruption to you know the u.s university system and and uh and and uh technological uh sphere being corrupted and being involved with shady people all of that all of those various conspiracies involve one way or another jeffrey epstein and they all trace back to him over a course of several decades and he's found dead in his cell uh ran you know randomly and everyone around him has said very publicly that they had no indication that uh he wanted to commit suicide and you know it it shows that uh, we probably almost got a glimpse of something that maybe would have been too shocking to see, which was, you know, how much of the U.S. political life is truly and you know deeply corrupted. And this guy was an agent of that; was an agent of corruption uh, at the highest order. You know, to the point of the presidency. Yeah. And to the point of numerous presidencies, yeah, numerous presidents, numerous senators, numerous judges, you know, numerous political consultants. Uh, you know, Mike Bloomberg was even involved at one point with Jeffrey. Oh, Epstein. no shock Bill there. Gates. 
Bill Gates had to come out and publicly apologize for having been involved with him. You know, At least he apologized. A light engagement. You know, very clearly, you know, we almost, uh, we being, you know, the American public, have got a glimpse of how the world really works. And in order to prevent that from going to open court, you know, like we were talking about with Assange earlier, they'll do everything in their power to prevent him from going on the stand and, and actually explaining what's happened to him and how this process unfolded because it would reveal certain truths that are very uncomfortable and are probably very damaging uh, to the current political regime. Epstein, you know, you can only imagine what would have happened if, you know, this was handled more competently and Epstein was actually put in court and made to testify publicly about what was going on and name names, you know, if he had lived. And well, that wouldn't flipped. happen. Well, you know, I think that if he, the only reason he would have been denied bail was because they wanted him isolated mm-hmm. in a place where they could easily get to him. Yes. Uh, because they knew he was going to name people. If they didn't think he was going to name people, they would have gotten him off like they did the last time. Well, that's, that's exactly what happened to the DC madam. And I believe the, uh, it was death by hanging as well. Yeah, I, Alex I was just... Jones actually to bring it full circle was one of the last people to talk to her alive. Yeah, I vaguely remember something like that. Mm-hmm. This was like guess, uh, yeah, it's, ten it's, years ago. It's, uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think it's it's the closest uh, that any of us will have seen, or or, or, or rather, unfortunately, we'll we'll probably see in our lifetime where, as Hans said, the veil was almost lifted, and uh, the truth about the intelligence state, the security state, being the the chief primer uh, and uh, and mover of this empire, uh, could have laid bare. And the fact that, yeah, I mean, there's a level of of carelessness, and uh, but there's also a level of cavalierness to this as well um, that I think we can we should mention. In that, you know, there are still to this day properties that are in Jeffrey Epstein's name that have not been searched. By the FBI, uh, they don't care, and uh, they don't have to care because whatever outrage there is has been, uh, you know, quarantined to, you know, some irony bros on the left and people on right wing Twitter and you know the normies that uh, I, I would be interested to know what percentage of the American population uh, thinks Epstein was murdered uh, or is still alive, you know, if, if or, or believes in some sort of conspiracy. Um, it should be more than 50%, but I know that that isn't the case. And that's the reason why they don't have to worry about a cleanup, uh, or, or being stealthy because people don't care. that, That was the most interesting thing to me was that this is because, um, I actually have some numbers for you right here, first of all. Uh, so Let's see here. NPR, uh, according to a University of Chicago survey conducted by a professor who studies conspiracy theories, 30 percent of respondents reportedly professed a belief that Jeffrey Epstein had been murdered. So who take that for what for what it's worth? But it was the fact that it became a meme that was that really that really stuck out to me. I, I mean, this we've had in the past, like uh, OJ did it was a meme in the 90s for, you know, only 90s kids will remember this. Like you'd have uh, you'd have SNL doing jokes about 
uh, OJ. So there was a really famous one where OJ, after getting acquitted, is uh, found not guilty. He goes and does some sports commentary, and in the sketch, he's like he's doing, um, like showing up, doing like do, explaining this play and the way that it it comes out is like says I made it, and people the people were the people memed about it, joked about it back in the nineties. It's this isn't the first time we've had like very blatantly obvious things that be turned into a meme because we're looking at very like just like the darkest nexus of of all like of like all true evil in this world and people are very apathetic to it and they've turned their own awareness of it into a joke a punchline at this point it really kind of like that that you're going to see i think a bit more of this cavalier uh, cavalierness coming because well, the most the most cavalier thing i've seen in relation to this was about a month and a half maybe even two months later uh after you know the dust had settled hillary clinton and her uh horribly ugly daughter uh went on the trevor noah show who is the uh uh the mulatto replacement for john stewart on uh on comedy central and um, he, uh, as a joke, asked, so why did you have Jeffrey Epstein murdered? And she just kind of cackled and made a joke you know, about whatever. And it was supposed to be funny. Um, well, that, but, was, that was intentional. I mean, I'm sure they scripted that whole thing to make right, it look and, like it was so absurd. You, you watch it and you think to yourself, you know... <laughs> Not even the Soviet Union had this level of um, sort of gall. Well, they didn't have to. I, I'm, I'm actually like I'm, I'm, and and just crassness to it. I mean, you know, in the Soviet Union, it was very <laughs> if someone was was whacked, uh, people took credit for it and then explained to you why they were whacked because they betrayed the revolution. They did this, did the that. Even if it was trumped up charges. Well, yeah, they we killed, you know, they were executed for right. these reasons. They're an enemy of the people. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have right. to explain and, or justify and, you themselves. Know, America is uh, like such a deeply corrupt place at this point in that respect that uh, you're expected to think it's funny that this person who is very obviously tied to Jeffrey Epstein and is very obviously a corrupt politician and is very obviously involved in with some very uh, strange and disturbing people like the Podesta brothers. She's like a war uh, criminal. Like she's a fucking she's a fucking war criminal. And I I don't yeah. like I'm I'm fidgeting at my desk because I'm just getting and I knew this was going to happen. Like I'm actually getting aggravated uh, just remembering all of this stuff because it's right. like a fucking trauma. Uh, like the Clintons after they got out of. Um, the presidency, like one of the first places that they went to was a house owned by Jeffrey Epstein. And yeah. that house hasn't been like, you know, searched by the FBI, like at all. It's totally off limits. Like it's so, it's it's just like, like the level of dystopianism that, that this story entails with this evil fucking country. It's so, like it really is. Like this is, it's beyond Boys Town. It's beyond the Franklin credit scandal is a great episode of myth if anyone who's listening hasn't listened to that episode my personal favorite of you boys uh like it's so endemic and and like i, I don't I'm, I'm a i'm a i'm a lit major and i'm having 
I'm failing at, at words to describe the level of well, evil that we're dealing with. When Hans was no, mentioning that nobody would do anything um, when Trevor Noah is asking Hillary Clinton, did you kill yeah. this man? Um, I heard a quote somewhere, uh, maybe it's a proverb, I don't know, but uh, the true evil is submitting to evil. Yeah. The greatest evil is submitting. And that's what our country has done. That's our, what our people have done. We've, we've let you it should, happen. You should have asked her why she had Vince Foster killed. <laughs> I don't think people would know who that is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, back in the yeah, 90s, most yeah. people don't even know who that is anymore. Yeah. That's no. a very 90s meme. It's just like, this is what happens. People with criminals who get away with things, they just, you know, just keep getting away with it and no one gives a shit. So continue to able to rack up bodies. Well, Nick, Nick, the last time the populace made sure a criminal wouldn't get away with it, an organization popped up to defend the rights of of Jewish pedophiles for the next hundred years. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, had, that that really I think defines August and uh, define the rest of the year because the rest of the year uh, has mostly been, I think, in reaction to the news of Jeffrey Epstein and define you know, the rest of my life, dude. Yeah, to be honest, gonna, man, I think there's no going back after that. Like it's it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just. Uh, the United States is not a redeemable country. No. And what you'll find, I think, going forward is that there has been some, you know, real good work uh, by, you mentioned people, there are people on the left. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, who have talked about this. Actually, someone mentioned Tybee, and he's talked about it. Um, but there's there's been others that have talked about it as well. Uh, who's our favorite left-wing commentator? That's Michael been Tracy. On, uh, Michael, yeah, Michael Tracy has talked about it numerous times, and I think that people, you know, are try are still trying to get the word out about Jeffrey Epstein and make sure that this thing doesn't die. The um, uh, the True Anon podcast. Uh, this is a sort of DSA lefty type uh, duo, but they did. Uh, it's it's basically uh, a podcast dedicated to Epstein and and sort of. You is, know the milieu is, that, is that is, was hanging out that, with. Is that the one that was that the belt that 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 piss piss pig. Grand, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's his. It's his podcast, but it is. It's it's actually very very good, and they do their research. Uh, highly recommend people looking at that. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Hans. There is. It's the only people that are are truly caring about this are people on the far right and the far left. Uh, you know, for similar reasons too, which is you know, somewhat encouraging. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I remember we had on uh, the Z-Man on our show uh, a month or so back, and I was talking about how the gangsterism in Russia was what ensued in the Soviet Union fell apart, and how I was predicting, you know, we'd see a lot of that in the U.S. come a collapse of whatever version happens to manif manifest itself in the future. Um, seems inevitable in some way or form. No empire lasts forever uh, in the future at some point. But he was commenting... Uh, that, you know, America isn't that different than Russia. It already is a gangster state. And I, I think he was right. Um, we just, so we don't, CIA we is. don't understand the, it that way. If the government collapsed tomorrow, you know, the Jeffrey Epstein's of America would double down on what they were doing. You know, mm -hmm. it, it would only get that much worse and it would only become more obvious. You still have, you know, the facade of institutional legalism. So, they can't necessarily get away with it, and most of the population of the United States is still, I 
would say fairly opposed to um, child grooming and child rape and blackmail. Uh, so people still would demand something be done, which is why he even got landed in court to begin with, because right up to the run up, uh, the run up to him being arrested, there were several news articles that had that, that gained traction across the country. And I think that it became obvious that, you know, OK, we have to actually do something this time, because if we don't, this 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 is only going to get worse and we're going to really start to see true sort of collapse in uh, trustworthiness towards institutions in the country as no one does anything. Because if it just becomes apparent that there's this um, strange billionaire with his own private island who has engaged in, you know, hundreds of sexual interactions with uh, young girls and various duplicitous actions with various U.S. political figures with those young girls, uh, if that just becomes like part, you know, part of public knowledge and nothing is done, then we have a real crisis on our hands because it's only a matter of time until some upstart populist candidate talks about it and yeah. basically says, you know, the, the country is so corrupt and broken now that uh, so-and-so or, or, you know, Jeff Epstein or, or whomever is running around raping girls and no one's doing anything. Well, you know, I'm going to be the man that's going to have him put in yep. prison and executed. Yep. Right. Well, yeah, you're right, Hans, that that's the one thing that could motivate the American people to any kind of uh, real response. I mean, uh, uh, Ernst Zundel thought that America would have, uh, you know, its own uh, purge. And I think that if American people could be made to get angry enough about this and then they understand that uh, Jews rape kids, then you might see something. This yeah. is possible. Uh, one other thing that we might see, I guess, as well, I mean, like in kind of taking the long view on this, I feel like if you kind of felt like some of the, some of this kind of like historical collapse stuff, like Rome, not to keep using the example of Rome, but uh, Rome went through its own uh, crisis in the third century, the crisis of the third century that almost brought down the empire earlier than the, the Western empire earlier than, than it ended up falling. But uh, it certainly didn't recover from this one aspect of it, which was Rome had become so delegitimized that you had this phenomenon happening where people who had no more social mobility anymore and Rome was not doing its job and it was so divorced from what was going on that the uh they were called the baku the bagu day or the baku day they they were just people who decided like fuck it i'll just I'll they just decided like it they would throw in at the barbarians and it may come to the point in the united states where we are dealing with barbarians and when the choice is between them or you know <laughs> a pederast that are leading their you know their catamite their their painted catamites around it's like you know what I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the cartel death cult in this situation. I would I'll, not surprise me. I'll say this: uh, the Chinese execute their billionaires. So yeah. you know what? <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's also interesting that August had like a string of really insane mass shootings. Uh, some of which happened right before the Epstein drama, and then several of which happened yeah. like right afterwards. That's what took out Eight Chan, as I recall. Yeah, and yeah. so the. There was uh, basically two big ones in 24 hours. 
on August. Oh, is this El Paso? And, uh, and yeah, this is El Paso, and then there's that. Then the right after that, there was the tanky DSA type yeah, DSA who, guy. In, in Dayton, Ohio, who killed nine people. Right. Um, but after Epstein, there were a ton of shootings and insane protests in uh, Philadelphia and in Portland. Uh, and then there were two big kind of shootings in one in one weekend after that. Not you know later on in the month uh, in Alabama and then in in West Texas with that hijacked mail truck. Uh, there were all kinds of weird stories coming out. And I remember the the mainstream news cycle, especially at night for several nights in a row, and cable news was filled with um, measles related stuff. Oh, there's a new measles scare. Uh, you know, so clearly the, the distraction game was immediately put into effect. You know, we have to get people uh, focused on shootings and, and protests and uh, disease and all this other stuff. And not yeah, to get them away from Epstein. Uh, the, 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 yeah. the dead billionaire in the prison cell. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Um, all right, let's let's move to the next month. I, if you don't mind, I got a couple quick ones though, just to, so we don't just do uh, all Epstein all the time, because uh, there were a few <laughs> other things of note that I thought were worth mentioning from August. Um, Dave Chappelle kind of comes out as uh, I don't know, not really right wing, but definitely not left or progressive wing. Ho tap. He's basically a ho tap. Well, if that's true, then I'm I'm fully supportive of him. I've always liked his comedy, well, but uh, I didn't it's I didn't know he was that far politically. It's it's interesting uh, about sort of like comedians from like the the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, Chappelle's a really good example. Norm Macdonald, of course, whom we all uh, know and love. Um, but a lot of like the SNL guys. Um, Dude, Norm Macdonald roasted. Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton at the yes. whatever uh, dinner, and then he said on SNL when he was doing a weekend update, oh, you didn't know? Uh, he was talking about Vince Foster. Your president's yes. a murderer. I cannot believe yes. he got away with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing about comedians, it's interesting to mention. I mean, comedians are probably one of the most suspect classes, but they the rules have changed so much recently that, you know, what people... What I mean, can you think of a single comedian who was big in the '90s who's been able to maintain their career? Right. Seinfeld. And yeah. I mean, and, and now the comedian serves the role of the, the, you know, they're like the clerics of the civic religion. Yes. Well, it's, it, this is sort of the change, and I, I've I've spoken about this in, in past podcasts that I've that I've been on about sort of the the delicious effect of of John Stewart and sort of the migration away from humor. Uh, as a form of like speaking truth to power, you know, quote unquote, you know, we, you know, the sort of standard uh, cliche to uh, ingratiating or or sort of uh, propping up the powers that be. Um, but yeah, this is this is Chappelle is a, a great example of someone who is legitimately a very, very, very funny and, and a, a genuine master of the craft of, of telling jokes. He's a funny guy. Um, and the people who are legitimately funny in that business are decidedly anti-woke because they sort of recognize, uh, you know, first and foremost, just sort of like the, not the, funny, the danger of, of the, well, yes. Yeah. It's, it's on a craft level. It's not funny first and foremost, just isn't. Um, but also they, they, I think they, they correctly understand sort of the threat that that poses to their career and to the, the, the art form yeah, itself. No, it's, it's suppression of free speech, which is what they live yeah. on. Yeah. 
Um, all right, uh, last two. Um, don't really care at this point. This company has always rubbed me the wrong way, but Uber has now lost a cumulative $14 billion since its inception, yet it continues to get VC money. So, keep... How do they make money? They don't. They don't. No. They spend I it. Think, I think the whole, their whole thing is basically just a way of... of... It's a whole elaborate operation of continuing to destroy the livelihood of working people. Like it's people money laundering. I mean, it's all of that. It's yeah. it's 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 a it's a well, but like also but... to normal the normalize this idea of the gig economy because Uber did that. Like Uber more than any other company has normalized that. Well, isn't that the uh, the infamous uh, going back to uh, old One Eye? Uh, Who's the who's the congressman? Uh, Crenshaw. Crenshaw. Oh, Crenshaw. That, no, Crenshaw. That, that Crenshaw. Where yeah. his tweet about are the uh are for the uber economy we're for the gig economy like that type of oh jeez, like, yeah mental you, so that, sometimes we like the republicans are getting dumber and dumber so sometimes if you just let them talk long enough they'll tell you the truth it's <laughs> like libertarian brain like i'm so over just like libertarians like what are you doing i don't know it's it's not edgy um all right, last one. I just wanted to commemorate Borzoi for his great write-up last year. Uh, this is this is the anniversary of um, I'm a White Guy, Sky King. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. It was a good essay. It was. All right, well, uh, September? September. I guess I did my math wrong. We, did, we still have four months if we count this one. <laughs> oh, my left. God. Oh, I know. I'm getting I'm gonna, tired. I'm, I'll be honest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go put something on the pot what happened on uh what happened in september uh i'm trying to find what's most relevant here i I think this is when the democratic primaries or not primaries but uh campaigns of all the horrible coalition of the useless got together and started pushing primaries have been so bad like i've never been more disappointed by like a primary the only saving grace out of all this has honestly been tulsi's all right no, well, yeah, but I mean, like, it has She's been Joe, Joe Biden. Like, Joe Biden has single-handedly saved this Democratic race by basically being this unstoppable, brainless, whatever he is now. Like, his brain is completely melted out of his ears. So he's just saying whatever come like, whatever comes out of his mouth, whatever gets bled right into his eyeball. Like, he's the only thing that's making this campaign interesting right now. Well, <laughs> especially, and I, and I have a terrible hunch that he's going to get the nomination, and it's Got just it. going to be... Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I can he I'm win with, though? I mean, he's so I, senile. I have no idea, dude. It might be like a, a Woodrow Wilson type situation where, like, I think after like Wilson won his second term, like he had a he like stroked out, and his like his wife was just running the country for four years. It might be well, that. It was it was it was Colonel Edward Mandel House who was running the country yes, under Wilson. I've I've actually uh, I had a fun discussion with. Uh, someone who is very astute at politics uh, on Saturday. And, uh, you know, I asked him if he thought uh, Biden would be the nominee. And he said, yeah, it does. He said, don't think like that. Think like uh, who's not in the race right now that could come in later. Due to yeah. the, del- and it, you really look at the delegates well, process yeah. at the DNC, that's really the crux of the issue because it doesn't look like Biden will be able to do a brokered convention. So who could really come in? Uh, and, and pull this off, you know. He he said, start looking at people like John Kerry. Well, Bloomberg start, announced. Start looking at people like Hillary Clinton. You know, I, I know that have real institutional pull inside the the DNC and can get those delegates together and actually, you know, build 
a post-democratic primary uh you know, presidential campaign. If yeah. they if they do that, though, like Trump will win re-election. Yeah. yeah. Like Hillary isn't she's like if she gets if she swindles her way into getting the nomination <laughs> again, like it's it's that's not going to work. I, I, I really legit like the goodwill that she for some reason had like that's gone now. I, I, I really think America's over over her I, I do too i i think trump's got a good chance uh no matter whom they nominate uh, i've always wondered about bloomberg and he finally announced and uh i, I he's just he's got too much too much weirdness going on with that dude he, if you he actually spent, look at him. he's blowing he spent money million dollars yeah he spent a hundred million dollars and he's five percent in the polls already that is something and, dude, i mean He's paying. Uh, he's paying people uh, who work on his campaign, not like people who volunteer work phone banks or whatever, but the local director people. Um, I believe the figure was like six grand a month or something. So, Jeez. like you know, don't, if don't, you've if, like fake your resume because it's impossible to check if somebody has worked for a failed presidential campaign. Oddly enough, fake your resume. Get that paper. Uh, and then use that experience uh, for you know good or evil or whatever. Yeah, don't write and don't write off Bloomberg because he's like every considering that Democrats are imploding left and right and they're just not getting any like like a lot of the candidates right now like have kind of like I would not I wouldn't say they've hit their ceiling but like nothing in the race is kind of giving way to anything. There's no nobody's like being able is impressing anybody. Like it, at this point, it's it's going to be like who. Can, who can survive this war of attrition of this constant campaign campaigning in order to avoid a brokered convention? I mean, everything is just kind of BS mode between now and when people actually start voting in like February, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, like nobody's going to drop out between now and mid January because you've got like, you know, nothing happens the whole month of December because people are Christmas and everything else. And then it's like you're not going to drop out in freaking January when the vote is in uh, February. So it's like unless you literally run out of cash because you're cut off because you did something bad at this point, like, why not wait and see how the voting goes? Yeah. And at that point, like, you know, of course, everybody always like drops out after Iowa and New Hampshire. That's where you actually see your uh, your surprises, your people who suddenly become semi credible candidates. But I mean, Michael Bloomberg doesn't have a constituency. No. Oh my God, he's older he's, than you, Trump. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. He's universally disliked too. I mean, I don't really. And, he, and he's like five three. I just you don't see it on stage with Trump. Blue- all that terminal money, you got to take as much of that terminal money as possible <laughs> on the way down. There's, there's no more profitable occupation in today's economy than fluffing a rich guy's ego. Mm. <laughs> All right, we'll quote, we'll quote and retweet that. All right, um, let's let's go quick here, and then finally get to uh, the last three months. Uh, speaking of perverts. Uh, I think Hans was the one who mentioned this because of the LA connection, but uh, another black man dies in Ed Buck's house. Oh, what is that? The third, fourth? He's some democratic. Well, like mega the third donor or fourth we know about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I. He's charged uh, with running a drug. Does he have like that Pulp Fiction dungeon? 
He basically, yeah, yeah. He, 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 it's actually worse than the Pulp Fiction dungeon scene, if you can believe it. His whole kink, but yeah, you know, he, he uh, he's not a pedophile. He's just a freak. Yeah, he's homosexual. He, he basically uh, injects black men with various drugs, preferably methamphetamine. Black men, like he he yeah. finds homeless gay black prostitutes from flyover country flies them into uh into uh la hollywood whatever and then injects them with meth until they die it's like an extremely like if you're talking about specific (laughs) fetishes that's that's pretty goddamn specific yeah Yeah. where's the port home category for that Do 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 you guys know what he got charged with specifically uh, like distribution of meth ma- or something. Ma- maintaining a drug Running house. A drug den. Battery. Yeah. Battery. Battery. Is that even a felony? <laughs> I, that's I guess no, that's if they that's want state. it to no, be. That's state. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you which charge. That's state maintaining a drug house. Battery causing serious inju- in- injury. State administering methamphetamine. State and distribution of methamphetamine resulting in death. Federal. Wow. Legal scholar nice. Borzoi. I just pulled it up. I was because I was wondering. Yeah, does, yeah. He, does he have a Wikipedia? Like, he does. These are so many gimmies. Like every Trump campaign rally should be like Democratic donor Ed yeah. Buck. He loves <laughs> the blacks. Fuck not even his real. Pump them full of drugs till they die in the streets. <laughs> Buck's not even his full name. He shortened it from Buck Melter. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's Jewish. <laughs> Oh, color me surprised. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, insert your own echoes there. Oh, jeez. All right, well, moving past uh, dead nigger storage, what else? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to skip me, one of the related gay, stories gay just for storage. interest of time, but I think this one, because we're talking about the uh, chosen ones, uh, PewDiePie retracted his $50,000 donation to... The Jewish, quote, anti-hate group, the ADL, <laughs> to his credit, because he, he donated Jews, that money Jude to again. the ADL. By the Swede. Yeah. yeah that was then, pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Getting him to do that, I guess, is to the credit of his fans or people on the internet. But, uh, yeah, very, you know, uh, unlike our politicians, very responsive to the people. So, uh Maybe PewDiePie will run one day. In, uh... Was it was this the year of that he was finally defeated by the subcons? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It was. What does that mean? Uh, oh, well, the uh, he was in a competition with uh, this uh, T series. Yeah, T series was this Indian YouTube channel oh. that uh, I don't know exactly what they did to. Get as many. It's, it was about who had the most subscribers. And, Subcontinent. Uh, eventually. Well, I mean, he, he was so desperate to stay ahead of them. I, I believe he sparked that India-Pakistan conflict to try and destroy <laughs> India. <laughs> yeah. Well, his, that's been going on before he was born. His music video or his, uh, his congratulations music video is, is pretty funny. Wow. All right. Uh, October, if you can believe it. Um trying to sum this up quickly i've always really had a dislike and now i have a deep disdain of the governor of california gavin newsom 
uh, Trump is corrupt and should be impeached. And uh, not only that, he blamed the power outages of the third world country formerly known as California. Nick, I, I think. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> Nick's getting pulled over. Nick's, Nick's and and, and this uh, formerly known as the 20th century and third world country podcast. Um, <laughs> what the I like that space. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot. I forgot to turn on the mute. <laughs> oh my god. Oh well. Anyway, I, I'm uh, not gonna say I'm. I, I'm not gonna say I'm parked uh, somewhere near my house in a rural place drinking beer in my car because that's not what I'm doing. But um, <laughs> that'd be the wrong look <laughs> that you want to project. <laughs> Welcome to crimes of the 20th century. <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah i just hate this guy governor of california groomed for it obviously he was mayor of san francisco uh and he blamed trump for the rolling blackouts uh that pg e has been uh inundating the state with turning it into basically uh, i forgot to mention in a previous month this was happening in south america during i guess the big fires down in the amazon um and similarly we're uh, experiencing that now in Latin America, uh, a.k.a. California. So there you go. There's your California news for October. Uh, Biden, another Bidenism. Uh, poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Okay. That's so good. I just love the way that his brain is, is like, I don't know if it's melting or melted. And it's like, ah, what's she going to do? <laughs> he definitely he is, is genuinely funny. entertaining. Like, it's, 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 Joe, right? it's, a, it's a level of dementia that uh, I don't know, like the stories that he does. And, and, and you can tell, like, uh, I, I remember seeing a story about like just sort of like dementia and how like you can tell if someone has like, you know, a severe case, if their train of thought can only last like 20 seconds or so, like. Look at any of the Democratic debates that he's in. Like his train of thought is less than twenty seconds. Like it's it's bad. It's uh, yeah. well, uh, there's there's funny. a good heuristic for Biden. And if you instead of listening to him speak, get a transcript, print it out. Yes. It, <laughs> and it's 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 totally it, it's total garbage. I like have no idea what's going on. And well, that's how you know that he is brainless. Trump with this, but. Trump's circumlocutions, he he does this thing where there's like four recursive back references, but you can actually go and chart it if you're doing the whole linguist thing. And it makes sense once you like blow out the parse tree. It's just that he, he like negates himself and then like re-refers back to the original and brings it back. Like, you know, it's, it's stuff like that, but he can carry on a semi-coherent train of thought. Biden just can't. Cannot. Yeah, my my favorite uh, October Biden moment was like at that gay forum where he 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 looks Anderson Cooper in the eye when he starts talking about gay bathhouses. <laughs> it, get, it like gets close. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like he leans in for a kiss. Creepy Joe. Uh, Apparently, he likes the dudes now, not just the little ones. I don't get. I don't get it. Um, all right. Um, well, the, the joke about uh, I think it's I, I actually I, I want to give the uh, credit where credit's due. It it, it might have been it might have been Cumbtown, but uh, there was a joke that uh, that uh, Joe Biden is the only U.S. politician uh, that hasn't uh, had sex with children because he actually he actually thought cheese pizza was just pizza, you know, and he'd go on, you know, oh. whenever he was offered. 
cheese right. pizza. He Pizzagate. just, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's a good joke. I don't know <laughs> yeah, he's definitely knucklehead. Uh, speaking of knuckleheads, LeBron James. Uh, I don't quite get what's going on behind the scenes, but apparently he did kind of like the Kaepernick thing, disrespecting the national anthem, and then he's got some weird tie-in with China now. NBA is trying to get into China. Uh, don't get it. Don't care. It's another sports care. ball well, thing. But, but that's there's skip. The, 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 well, no, no, no. There's a trend here that has actually been very interesting because we when did the we haven't even talked about Hong Kong at all, and that started. Yeah, early. that was uh, it. Might have been last month, but uh, apparently the like CEO. It's really weird in Hong Kong. They like their their mayor is called a CEO, which is basically like you know a flunky from Beijing. Uh, now so, I understand why the, all the NRX guys love Hong Kong. This yeah. is this is is this the month where where uh, uh, Blizzard sides against the CIA, the yeah. gaming company. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm trying. That's why I'm trying to figure out when the. Uh, yes, it was. It, it was. It was October. So this is. Yeah. Okay. So this is when the protests were really ramping up. Like, what was most interesting about all of this stuff was like because like they're running into this problem now with China, and it's frustrating the, the uh, these these companies that you know with the woke capital stuff because China actually does put its foot down in terms of its national sovereignty and its national honor because for the Chinese, like they, they remember what it's like when the West, like the century of humiliation, they remember very vividly what, what happens when you let Westerners do whatever they want in their, whatever they want in your country. And they're not going to stand for them talking about what's going on with their business. You see this same dynamics at work where, uh, China is the only thing that's really putting the brakes on to Hollywood. Yeah, with uh, Star Wars and the like. Yeah, they um, had an Asian chick cast in one of their latest. Um, I could not help but think that was because of China. Uh, they they also yeah, did that. They, there was a standalone Star Wars movie where they had like two or three Asians that they casted, and and specifically they have, the Chinese they have plot points now in a lot of blockbusters where the People's Liberation Army comes in to save the day. Like that was a plot point in a couple of the Transformers movies, mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, the Robert Rodriguez battle I, movie thing. Iron Man three had a whole subplot in China, in China that was expanded upon in the Chinese release. Yeah, it's because like, and this is where like the where a lot of problems are coming into play because China is you can't ignore China as a market. They, ha they companies have to get in there, and because China is willing to basically just like they will just say like we will not let you air your stupid sports ball game if you. You know, if you do, uh, if you do, like, it just happened, like, actually, tonight, uh, tonight, where, um, or the other day, or yesterday, where our, uh, this Turkish Arsenal, Arsenal player was tweeting in, uh, you know, in support of the Uyghurs, and one of the, one of the things he included was the East, uh, Turkestan flag, which was a 1933 breakaway state during, like, the chaos of China. And, like, it's like, China's like, it's like, uh, we have a we have a soccer player who's basically supporting secessionist movements in our country. Yeah, we're not letting you show your games here because you people are messing with our sovereignty. No, like we're not. It's pissing off because uh, a lot of people because, I mean, uh, within the woke spheres because like capitals trying to appeal to wokeness now as their main constituent market here, and you're seeing this clash of against basically the, of the Asian nationalists versus the the woke consumer and it's yielding some interesting things because business is going to go temporarily like they're going to follow what they're told when a the, when a huge market says no unless you stop doing this 
Oh, bless the Chinese, then. Martin Square okay. says he came yeah, out they're the first this power. month. <laughs> Go ahead, Nick. Well, I was going to say, they're the first power that can actually put a check on the United States' culture war. Yeah, for the first time uh, since, well... <laughs> Germany? <laughs> World War II. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The great, the great unple- I call it the great unpleasantness. <laughs> yeah. I was going to call it the great employer, but, uh, yeah. Um, I was going to say, Martin Scorsese came out and basically called the uh, Cape Shit movies not cinema. And then uh, Francis Ford Coppola came out and defended his comments about uh, the Marvel universe. A few other uh, great directors yeah, did it, too. Um, I think De Palma uh, also, yeah. back to Scorsese. All the Italians, um, I guess. Yeah, all the Italians. They got the uh, Italian mafia there. Um, yeah, uh, objectively true. And uh, the fact that uh, it's what... A few months afterwards, and they're still whining about it. Shows how uh, how deep that cut was. I'm I, I'm I got a hot take. I, I stole this from um. I can't. Remember. He calls himself now. He calls himself future American refugee. But I got a hot take for you guys. You guys. Uh, you guys know movie Bob. Do you, I know Titus knows? But oh, you, guys, yeah. you guys know movie who movie, blob. movie Blob is. You know. Uh, yeah. Movie Blob is just is just leftist mulebug. I don't know what that means, but I like it. <laughs> Same. Moldblood, Mo uh, he's no, out, no. though, man. He's, What's you the take? If you saw his new pics, you know, he's rocking the leather jacket. Oh, those... the motorcycle look, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, yeah man. He's, he's, uh, I, I had a, a tweet that wasn't as popular as I thought it should be, but I, I called him the, uh, the code warrior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, good. that's very good. That's, that's clever. That's excessively flattering. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think that he's just in his uh, his 2020 election bunker, just like stocked up on bitcoins and orbit galaxies and insufficient supply of beans. I think I still follow I get, Urban on Twitter. I, I, get, I, get, I get occasional I get, notifications. I got covered, uh, Titus. I'm gonna go find that tweet right now. Wait, 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 wasn't wasn't October the month where Bernie had a fucking heart attack? Yeah, heart attack. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Wait, five, five. Boris, so you had a hot take. You can't just say you have a hot take and then. That's no. The left is Mulberg, is what he said. Yeah, if you if you don't know like if you don't know the oh that was the take. Yeah, it's like if you're not familiar with uh with movie Bob's shenanigans, like then you're not gonna be like because like he's constantly screaming on Twitter about how the trog like the troglodytes and by troglodytes he means white working class people robbed him of the superior future that he was entitled to. It's it's hilarious to see his temper tantrums. All right, last one for October. uh, Samantha, I don't know her last name because it's not my little screenshot here. Uh, X Identity Europa Femoid turns rat. Three lessons ah. here: don't ah. join weird Ours, French uh. groups, don't trust women, don't fucking trust women. This is from Terror House Magazine on Twitter. Uh, X All Right member of joining hate groups. I was presented a. Uh, I never thought of myself as a racist person, but I was. Uh, this is kind of uh, ABC News reporting on this woman Samantha doing a tell-all on. How she's actually not a racist. She's uh, she's sorry and disavow identity Europa. Get your e girls uh, offline and yeah, yeah, just not. Please stop. Those bitches are a diamond dozen, man. Next story. Well, the Katie McHugh thing was just the the first like real underlining of why you shouldn't be doing this. And here's another one. Uh, let's see. Did I say that was October? Let's see. We got November. Two more to go. 
So I think to to me the November was uh, the Greta uh, moment uh, where ah. San Francisco is plastering her face on this Orwellian Big Brother uh, building, looking down upon the little people of San Francisco, where she's staring at them with her uh, somewhat mentally handicapped face and <laughs> sad. Look. I mean, I, you know, I'm she not. She literally does her, have autism. Like, she does she has autism. some problems. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's it's they're using her. I don't even know who this is. It's the climate change girl who's coming to the United States to tell us about how uh, we're letting down her generation, but China and India are larger polluters. Nick, and, you know. might, yeah, Nick might not have actually seen anything about her. I've seen how, yeah. nothing about this. I don't know anything. Basically, basically uh, so this is an autist, autistic woman who's come to... She's like a, not even a woman. She's Germany. like thirteen. She's like sixteen. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sixteen. Oh. It's, it's a teenager. She, she looks young. twelve though. She looks yeah. She looks really young. And the illness. Basically, I'm going to sum it up for you, Nick. Basically, we now have a Swedish down uh, girl with Down syndrome who is yelling at us that we stole her future because we won't we won't give uh, money to green corporations who will like recycle and make the climate change go away. Yeah. Times person of the year. She uh, won that coveted. Oh, they they were so mad that she didn't win uh, a Nobel Peace Prize, which wouldn't have made sense anyways because the nominations have to be made, like, are made pretty much in January. Well, uh, speaking of uh, Oslo, Norway, um, Greg Johnson was thrown out of the country. He was detained, mm -hmm. put in their, what you might want to call a... Uh, jail cell but you know let's let's be honest it's norway so um he was uh he was detained and then deported uh when he was attempting to attend the scanza forum this was uh november and he wrote wrote some series of articles about what that experience was like i mean it's it, it's just par for the course at this point jared taylor had the same treatment i don't know who's next but uh you know you uh you can't say certain things in certain places. It's yeah. just it's just the reality of the beast. Charlie's Angels bombed. Wait, Charlie's Angels? There was a Charlie's Angels? Exactly. There was a, and they're blaming it on, uh, uh, quote, men are too stupid to enjoy feminist cinema. Well, if you call them stupid, I don't think they're going to buy a ticket, yeah. lady. I uh, I saw on uh, on TV there was just sort of like a a, a description of like the plot. I, this and, uh, this Ruth Bader Ginsburg evidently was a Charlie's Angels uh, like in the movie. Like they they made a reference to Ruth Bader Ginsburg being a Charlie Angel. So it's just like stupid woman politicking. It's it's what? embarrassing. Yeah yeah. What that's, you call it's a plot an awful movie. Yeah, it's an awful movie. Yeah. Uh, Cybertruck came out. <laughs> we want to call it like that. It. I don't. It looks like uh, a shoebox, but it, it's horrible. It's absolutely. I mean, some people love it. I, it it's a very unique demographic, but they're, I think it'd be really cool if they like put a engine in there. That would be cool. I'd get one if they like made noise the yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you really. Uh, if he can't mount a technical to it, or can't turn it into a technical by mounting the uh, the bar and the uh, the gimbal mount in there, I don't know if you're going to make it. 
You know, I'll, I'll go. I'll I'll become NRX again if Curtis Yarvin wears the leather jacket and drives the Cybertruck. You know, I'm I was like, you know what? I'm sold. I'm, I'm back in the whole. <laughs> that would be. It cool. really should just like inexplicably show up and just be the spokesman for for the Cybertruck now. <laughs> well, they were trying to get Edward Norton to do it. Um, he was uh, spotted. But he needs a katana. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's it's one of those. It, this was big in the 90s where they made I think it was because of the F117 uh stealth stealth bomber attack vehicle I always like clarify that it's not a fighter there's no guns on it it's just a bomb delivery platform but it it was the first like publicly known stealth airplane uh and it had jagged edges and so in the 90s there was all these really funny tv shows um I don't know if anybody's ever seen this but as a kid I was a big fan of this show called Super Force uh, something like that, and it was this guy wearing kind of like this uh, spaceballs, like black helmet, and like this really black black gear. He's kind of like this cyberpunk future guy, and his car looked like kind of like the Cybertruck. So it was a very '90s thing, and I think it was because of the stealth fighter. And so now, now I made the mistake stealth stealth vehicle. Uh, F one seventy. There was that. Uh, there was that John Woo movie uh, with Travolta and Christian Slater. Uh, about like the stealth bomber that uh, like the that went rogue or something. Great nineties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Broken arrow. Broken arrow. Um, Broken arrow. Yeah. Broken yeah. arrow. Yeah. You've just uh, activated a nuclear warhead, my friend. <laughs> I, there's some quote in this uh, funny uh, uh, techno German song uh, by Rytree, I believe, uh, where they're talking about it's just noise music, but then they they throw in that, and it was quite funny. Um, yeah, John Woo. He it's did Face as, Off. What else? It's he not as good as he's a, uh, John Carter's Dark Star. I have to argue with the with the bomb. His Hong Kong films are uh, are are what's the the true keynote of John Woo's cinema. Uh, Adam, I could mm. let you know a few to look up. They're very good. Hard Boiled Killer, A Better Tomorrow. Yeah, just name name one or two for the audience. That'd be cool. Oh yeah. Uh, again. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, the Killer, Hard Boiled, A Better Tomorrow. Uh, it's a sequel one and two. Highly recommend. Oh, those. my favorite. My favorite is A Bullet in the Head. Yep, Bullet in the Head's great. Mm. But those are all good. Uh, the Killer and A Better Tomorrow. Yeah, those are probably my two favorites. Cool. Yeah, there was like a Stallone or Seagal movie that had a name like The Bullet in the Head. I don't know if it actually was. I, 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 thought, movie, I thought Nick was going to say my, <laughs> a Bullet in the, head, in the Head is my favorite way of dealing with my enemies. <laughs> Whatever well, it takes, there, right? There, there, there was this. We called that. But no, it's, uh, it's a John Moon movie. Yeah, Hong Kong 90s cinema is, is excellent. I mean, yeah. you can also see. Like in the 2000s, I'd recommend Johnny Toe's films as well. Hmm. Cool. Like Election. All right. Last month of the year. And we're not even finished with it. So you'll have to uh, give us some uh, grace period. And this is, by the way, this is going to be the last show of the year. Anything we're, can happen. We're, we're finally going to take some time off. Uh, so this will be the last one. And then we'll rejoin you at some point in January. Uh, but for the month of December, which we're halfway through, uh, the Afghanistan report came out. Uh, I didn't read it, but I did notice that the highlights. Uh, apparently, there were. This is one example. There were actually more uh, private military contractors uh, who were killed uh, than U.S. military personnel, according to the report, which is, I think, indicative of how the U.S. military operates today, where it has a lot of uh, PMCs doing its dirty work um, or dangerous work, in this case. 
So that was well, one thing. And and by the way, the, this this pales in comparison to the number of people killed um, on the Afghan side. Uh, so uh, hard numbers. Uh, about the, about four thousand U.S. contractors were killed. Twenty three hundred U.S. military personnel. Eleven hundred NATO coalition troops killed. Sixty four thousand Afghan security forces. Forty three thousand Afghan civilians. Forty two thousand Taliban fighters. Well, geez, guys, we're losing pretty bad. If yeah. That's the number. <laughs> Holy smokes! Wow. So, that's all I had on that. Um, let's see. J.J. Abrams, The Rise of Skywalker. So this is the new director of Star Wars movies. We'll have LGBTQ representation. I already, I thought it already did, but I guess not. Um, We're finally going to get to see no. some dong in Star Wars. Finally, that's that, that scene uh, as a callback. That scene will will likely be uh, edited out of the Chinese release. If, uh, <laughs> if you can bet on that. Yeah, the uh, the Mandarin cut. Be I wonder if they'll even bother, considering that Star Wars is just not popular in China. Every Star Wars movie has bombed over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not that Star great. Wars really popular in America <clears throat> what? anymore. Like the last few Star Wars films here have bombed. One so of the not, well, not done well. Yeah, yeah. One of the greatest moments of pause button history, Titus, was when we were reading Chinese movie reviews of the Star Wars movie. And we found a Marxist Leninist critique of, of yeah, the new of the Star Wars movie. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the Star Wars films, the the, the Disney ones. Uh, I think the last one actually was the first Star Wars film to to lose money significantly. So there's a lot riding on it. Uh, hopefully, it underperforms, and uh, you know, yeah, Disney it wasn't the to lose some money. Yeah, it wasn't the main one in the series. It was one of the spinoff ones. But no. yeah, yeah, they money. did a solo but, movie. Yeah, and I guess yeah. this is a Skywalker movie. And and if you actually, there's a very interesting graph uh, that uh, sort of uh, shows the profit to loss margin uh, of the Star Wars franchise since Disney has acquired uh, the rights to it, uh, and they are actually running at a negative. They are they have lost wow. money overall on the uh, the franchise as of as of yet. Well, so, but the, all the toys and the merchandise. I mean, eventually no. they might make it back. <laughs> yeah, I, back I don't in, believe. It, the, what did they buy? In. He spent like I think it was fourteen billion dollars to acquire it. That sounds about the, right. The, to, the toys have actually been a problem because like, yes. that's because the, the you are correct. Yeah. Like the toys make a lot of money, but the problem is like nobody wants these new toys. And yeah, there's actually that. a really there's actually a really interesting YouTube. There's a pile of uh, the the black guy stormtrooper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, unironically, yes. yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. there's a YouTuber who basically like he's like, he's a a Star Wars toy vendor, or he's involved in the industry, or something like he's talked extensively about this. Like these things are not selling, and it's be, like that. Um, they've actually been getting mad at the movie makers themselves, the, the toy vendors, because like they're creating product that they can't push or sell. Like it's just, like you're giving me nothing to work with. Maybe they'll land, uh, they'll uh, wind up in the landfill that contains. Uh, I think it's been proven the uh, unsold copies of ET. Yeah. Um, and the, the there was like a game. weird documentary about that. They, they dug that. those up. I know. Yeah. There's some. I don't know. It was like a Reddit tier there. Uh, endeavor. You guys, yeah. uh, when like whatever day it comes out, the new Star Wars movie, make sure you're you're on the TV board because like the leak the leaks have been coming out for this. Like this is going to this movie is going to break the franchise. I don't know if it's going to destroy it, but it's going to break yeah, the franchise. If, if the leaks if the leaks are true. Uh, this movie is going to be embarrassingly bad. 
Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed that the that the leaks that TV have been posting on uh, are true because it's going to be genuinely funny and it's going to make Twitter a very very enjoyable place for a good well, month or so. On, on a cultural level, one of the one of the best like which we didn't talk about at all was Game of Thrones ending. And oh both, God, oh, all yeah. the feminists both, I both know. Both Titus and I were at TV out. at that time. And I can. Uh, he and I both remember that moment when we saw when somebody was posting the breakdown of everything that was going to happen. Like a lot of all, a lot of us were really skeptical about some of the things that they were claiming because it was happen. so embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. and then, then like, it started the, happening. Once, <laughs> like once one thing that was like so specific to the leaks was proven to be true, we all started collectively losing our minds. Like, oh, yeah. oh my god, it's going to be so bad. Yeah, that was that was a fun experience. Yeah. Uh, I got a quick and funny one. Um, somebody taped a banana to a wall and tried to sell yes. it for $120,000, and a guy went up to the wall and just opened it and ate the banana. Last. That was cool. Yeah. Um, somebody, somebody wrote, Epstein didn't kill himself on the wall. <laughs> on the peel? <laughs> like no, like on, the, like on the wall where, where it once Oh, was. nice. Okay. Um, uh, going quickly through... Uh, Somewhat boring, but somewhat important. Dead white guys. Paul Volcker passed away this month. Uh, if you guys don't know who that is, he was the Fed chairman during uh, the Reagan. Actually, he was appointed by Carter, but he was the guy basically responsible for jacking up interest rates and arguably killing inflation in the United States. So a uh, very important man uh, historically. Uh, so he passed away. Non-Jewish, uh, n- notably, because af- I think the three subsequent men and women were Jews. He was like six foot eight or something. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. He's he was a, German, a big guy. German guy. He looked like, uh, like, a, like a Roman description of fighting a Gaul. He would just you know, walk into a room and tower over everyone with a big cigar in his mouth and slam papers on the desk. You know, right. it, it, was, it was always comical if you were like, seeing pictures or footage of Volker talking to guys on the fed board you just believe them and it just it's a thing you know when i've i've been in uh corporate settings whereby the manager who is not always the smartest person in the room that's for damn sure but it is often somebody who's tall because psychologically it is very intimidating to challenge somebody who's bigger than you and so they typically will be given these roles and it uh it's definitely a thing human psychology plays a big part in making these uh what you well, at this point, I, I think most adults know that uh, decisions are not always rational. But uh, when I was younger, I, I used to assume that people in power were making more, at least more rational decisions than I, I realize they are now. But that's that's an example of that, whereby somebody's physical stature will influence your uh, your concessions to them, even if they're not legally allowed to hit you over the head with a club, even though he probably could uh, a thousand years ago. Uh, all right, so... Where do we where do we uh, almost wind this up with? I wanted to mention uh, recently. Uh, I think probably both of you guys, our guests, Titus and Borzoi. Uh, I remember at least one of you made a, a pretty hilarious tweet about this. But Stefan Molyneux uh, <laughs> that, made an bro, ode well, to both, Taylor Swift's eggs. The eggs? Yes. Yeah. The eggs yeah. No. Uh, Titus and I have both been doing egg posting lately. <laughs> I think it's a nice way to round out the year where Miley Cyrus is talking about abortion and Molyneux uh, brings it home with, uh, hey, by age 30, 90% of your eggs are gone, ladies. So if you're not thinking about having a, a family, maybe you should. And I think that's a good message. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very good message. I admire this man's grind. He's going to save all the eggs. 
<laughs> I just I just hope uh, egg check surpasses vibe check as a uh, our way to uh, deal with the femoid species. Just uh, when you bring a, a chick out for a date, ask for an egg check. See what she says. That'd be an interesting Twitter pickup line. Like, how many eggs you got left? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and just see what she says. And you I leave then, off the you know, pitch I mean, part, but... for, if anything, yeah. it'd make for great content on Twitter. You could yeah. post it and uh, get a couple hundred retweets. This yeah. man walks up to your girlfriend and asks how many eggs she has left. What you do? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, I got I got a rapid succession. We'll just wind it up because uh, our show is mostly about politics. We'll do some uh, politicking. Tulsi Gabbard. She's struggling to get um, any traction with the Democratic Party, and she's actually voluntarily decided not to attend the December nineteenth upcoming debate uh, with Terrible. her Democratic uh, compatriots. Um, it's such a dumb idea. Like I don't know what she's doing. But I don't know. Really well, sure. I think she, she knows she, she's I, not going to win. I, so. I like her a lot, but she is genuinely a very terrible politician. Uh, not she's great. awkward on the stage. She's yeah. not terribly engaging. She said she's. I mean, she's right about a lot, and she's cute. So I like her, but uh, you know, other than that, it's, it's not going to go anywhere. I heard she's a lesbian. What? Oh, I hope. That'd be unfortunate. I think she's married. She's married. Yeah, she's she married. She is married. Okay, I, mean, I, but, you know, I won't name the source, but I, I did hear like that. She's like a sex freak who exclusively has straight sex. I I, I certainly hope so, but uh, like, I, she yeah. she does not give off any gay vibes whatsoever. I mean, like, I guess uh, be like the military. She went thing. to the military. I mean, that's kind of a not typically feminine thing to do. But she was uh, like a medic, though. Is so like you want your uh, political career to take off? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Well, maybe she puts on an iPad. Well, I mean, I mean, plus like her, da- like she and her dad did that anti-gay campaign together. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, maybe I was my source was wrong. Um, all right. Uh, Breitbart News reports Michelle Obama says her friendship with George W. Bush is rooted in the fact that the two share the same values. Our values are the same, declared Obama about Bush. Um, I have to confirm this. I, I was um. Not shocked, but somewhat surprised to see during McCain's funeral, which Trump was not invited to, uh, the ruling class sitting in the front row, including the Obamas and the Bushes, uh, and Bush was like holding Michelle's or Michael's or whatever's hand uh, and and saying something uh, fondly, and and uh, Barack didn't seem to mind, and uh, Laura was kind of looking like. What is, what is what are you doing? But yeah, this is a thing. I, I don't know how this happened, but it oh, just confirms yeah. the, the rehabilitation collusion. of George W. Bush is uh, one of the sure. strangest, yeah, and and most just the silliest thing that the media can try and do. It's it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. Uh, whenever one of these stories pops up, uh, the tweet gets ratioed to all hell from everyone, left and right. No one's buying it. Um, it's 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 I, I remember uh, I think it was it might have been this year. Uh, I think CNN ran a story. I think. Oh, no. You know, it was during the furlough. Uh, so maybe last year um, that like, you know, there was a, a story of a picture of George W. Bush buying pizza for the for his Secret Service agents. And they're trying to puff him up. It's it's such a we're not having this. We're 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 not, you know, nobody wants this. No one wants this. No. And speaking of nobody wanting this, although according to the poll, it's not the case. Poll, 
Democrat voters' top choice for presidential nominee is Hillary Clinton. Oh, man. New York Post. Yeah, what if Guys, really she happens? could still win this. Yeah, what if she actually... Yeah. Who else do they got? Yeah, who else do they have? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, really... I, I think that God is smiling upon us and knows we've suffered greatly for four years, but... Mm knows that we want one last time to enjoy a political campaign, and that'll be round two of Trump-Clinton. You know, she's not in everyone, jail, though. Everyone just wants to, to kind of... waiting for that. ...to, you know, she, spend she's some like time out in of the sun again. Like, she, she's... Uh, all the filing deadlines for being on all the primaries, most of them are already gone. They're gone, so. but if it's like a brokered convention... Like That's what are the, what always, are the rules this, say? This is like how political science people and journalists entertain themselves yeah. by like talking about circumstances that could lead to a broken bro, uh, brokered convention. It it never happens. When was the last brokered convention we had? Anyways, that was like probably yeah. like the thirties or something. No, not, not no, nineteen sixties, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, that's like pre the reform. Like there, there are all sorts of shenanigans um, in the uh, McGovern, uh, right? He, well, in the so McGovern basically reformed the uh, the Democratic side uh, procedures um, in the uh, mid seventies. Um, I forget when it happened on the Republican side. Um, I mean, there used to be like I remember from reading all the uh, the Pearlstein books um, about all the drama entailed in uh, the uh, on the Republican side uh, in uh, 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 60, uh, 64 and 68 about who is going to be able to secure the bag. But I mean. In order for there to be a brokered convention, you actually need somebody to be brokering delegates, and that doesn't exist anymore. There's no like daily with, oh yeah, I got all these these Chicago mobbed up delegates in my back pocket. Like, what can you give me? Mm. It, it's just like, you know, do you have like even the the procedures for doing that are a little bit unclear when the delegates are literally if you want to be a uh, a delegate to the convention, all you have to do is like volunteer for the party and literally ask because you don't get anything for showing up. The only thing you get is like the experience and you might be on TV for a half second wearing a silly hat. Like th these are not like sharks and they're also not really beholden to particular constituencies. So like there's, it would it would be chaos. It wouldn't necessarily result in anything happening. And for that reason, like it's not going to get to that stage. The so, money guys are going to pull the plug if there's no uh, if there's no clear uh, winner. They will they will cause one to be clear. So is it going to be Biden or or Budigeg or? Uh... It I think it's going to be Biden, and yeah. he'll have. Uh, he'll have some brown or woman or something with like sort of a tacit uh, understanding that like he'll probably just do some super cringe torch passing thing. Yeah. Like, I think, that, I think that like, like his brain is melting. So it, it's totally not on the question that he pulls like a Yeltsin uh, Yeltsin millennium uh, thing and 
like just you know december uh 2003 or whatever uh just uh croaks or uh resigns due to health issues and it's like ah oh, shit president stacy abrams <laughs> well, that's how russia got putin so yeah yeah we, we can only hope and that's how i'm not holding at. my breath that's how, that's how we're gonna get trotsky as for president yeah <laughs>
to heaven.